Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. Today, I am joined by Brandon Jones at the end and Bradley Ellis Hi. sitting right next to him. Uh, I'm going to be hosting you through this. I am Ben Moore. This is a pretty jovial episode. Uh, we we all just saw Star Wars mm-hmm. a couple nights ago. Uh, you guys talked about it on spoiler mode. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas this week. This week when you watch this, it's Christmas. Um, and so I just want to know from both of you, what are your holiday games going to be? What are you going to play? What do you or or anything? It doesn't have to be games. Oh, Everything. so many things already, man. Well, I was telling you, I already have tickets to see Star Wars again on day, Thursday the day after Christmas. Yeah, because yeah. um, <laughs> I, I my my wife and I split. She saw Cats and I saw Force Awakens. You know, Amazing. Rise of Skywalker. She's like, "What'd you think?" And I'm like, "It was crazy." What'd you think? She's like, "It was crazy." <laughs> She's like, "I didn't hate it." And I'm like, "I didn't hate it either, but it was weird." Yeah. Uh, and so now we have to go take take each other to each other's movies. That's and, funny. And, and laugh and sing. Jones, I think that's pretty much the perfect summation of how I feel about Rise of Skywalker. I didn't hate it, but it was weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also want to see it again. I wonder when the best time next week would be to go, where yeah. you could just kind of, it wouldn't be so It's a crazy. busy time in movie theaters. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. the perfect time to go see movies. It'll be in theaters for a little bit. Maybe it's I should wait. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah, bit. it'll be there. Uh, speaking of holiday games, I have so much that I need to catch up on, oh my God. but I've just been playing... A hilarious number of Star Wars games. Yeah, I know. And, like, I've noticed. I regret nothing. Like yeah, it's been a, yeah. it's been a blast. Hell yeah! I might just continue doing that. I don't know. <laughs> Holiday break. Uh, but yeah, is there like one big thing? I guess that's kind of on your. So horizon? the one I still want to play that I haven't even gotten to start is Yakuza Three. Yeah. But it's just like, huh. man, I'm playing Disco Elysium right now. I'm playing Life is Strange right now. I'm playing Dark Siders right now. I'm playing Ori and the Blind Forest right now. I'm just like, God. It's too much. I just want to play Yakuza. I just want to beat thugs up. What you really want is you want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't even need to say that. I can just, you could feel it off me, you know? You're allowed (laughs) to just, like, go off into the woods with blood. Don't talk to me. And say Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out. How about you? You, So you got Star Wars on Thursday. Uh, Gotta finish Control. Mm. Uh, oh, really, yeah, really want to yeah, finish yeah. that. And I had this like happy moment and then a sad moment right after Sekiro won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. And I was like, good for them. Damn it, I got to finish that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe you don't feel this way, but like, I feel like Control is nice and breezy. Yeah, where it's just like, so breezy. oh, you know, I can knock this out in a, you a day or two. Whereas that like, game. I'm thinking about Disco Elysium, and I really want to play Disco Elysium, but it's like, okay, I need to like put my seatbelt on yeah. for Disco Elysium. That's how I feel about Outer Wilds as well, a game that and Outer sure. Worlds. I, right. They're both sitting on my PS4 just waiting for me. And uh, uh, and even Death Stranding. I just I want to, you know, I got about four hours in, but I, I want to yeah. I want to finish that. So De- we'll see. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I Because I reviewed it, I don't I don't really have this perspective. I, I just played it until it was done, pretty much. Uh, but I wonder if Death Stranding would be a game that would be hard to come back to after stepping away. Because I could see oh, that, yeah. It's it, hmm, I'm trying to articulate why that would be. I think I stopped right at the beginning of a chapter. I think I stopped, I stopped like right at the beginning of chapter three, or mm-hmm. so it was like it was right at, at a moment. Because I actually read an article or somebody mentioned they were like, I know you might be tempted to just kind of walk around. They're like, go, 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 keep going. They're mm-hmm. like, don't, don't dilly dally in the beginning, move and get to some of the later parts because it seems kind of open worldish that you should like backtrack a lot. I don't know that I agree with that. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think if your heart's especially in Death Stranding, I think if your heart says dilly dally. The only thing I'd be worried about is if you got burned out. Like I just don't no, want to get burned yeah. out. I, I just uh, just the nature of the job. I just mm-hmm. had to move on to sure. other stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely happens. Uh, but we have we have a an interesting collection of games yeah. to talk about. Some old, some new, some new old. Uh, and what what should I start with? Let's start with one that just recently came out, uh, and that is Darksiders Genesis. Brad, I've been really curious oh, about this yeah. game. Um, and I feel like it kind of is currently flying under the radar. Like, I, I'm yeah, not it's, it's on PC a... only right now. Well, it's... or Stadia. Sorry, that's right. I forgot Brad. It existed. Don't that... forget whatever that platform is. One of is. The, the 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 future, the most of, innovative of... platforms <laughs> available. Forget, yeah, Google Stadia. Yeah, it's on. There. Um, yeah. So tell me about this game. It's War, and I always forget the other guy. Strife. Strife. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, Darksiders. If you're if you play the other ones. Like th- third person, you know, kind of like Zelda esque influences going through like places like combat, all that stuff. Like the the Devil May Cry. I'm throwing out very broad terms here, but like Devil May Cry combat stuff like that. This one's like kind of like a weird rapid departure where it's like, hey, it's not third person anymore. It's kind of like a CRPG angle or something like that, or isometrical sure. now. And it's co op. You could play with a friend, or if you play solo, you could switch off. But it still has a lot of the same mechanics and ideas that are in past Darksiders games, like the combat puzzle solving and all that stuff like you're riding your horse through areas like that it's just like a darksiders game that's co-op in a different perspective does the uh because i haven't actually had a chance to mm-hmm. play darksiders genesis yet does it lose any of the the impact of combat by taking the new S- camera angle so like i mean i haven't beaten the game yet so it's hard for me to say but the combat is still good i still feel it still feels like fun you know fighting guys everything like that you still feel like it plays kind of like how they would normally in the 3d darksiders game so I would say, like, it might suffer later on down the line when I get, like, more advanced abilities if it's not as in-depth, but I feel like it's pretty in-depth for what it is. Cool. Where, like, you can hop in if you play Darksiders games and be like, oh, this feels very familiar. Mm-hmm. Where is this uh, taking prequel place? Prequel. Before all of them. Okay, yeah. so you can just hop in. Yes, you no can problem. just hop right in. Uh this doesn't happen too often, I would say, but every once in a while you get a co-op game where it's like, oh... Like, yeah, you can play single player, but mm-hmm. you're not really getting the experience if so, you're like, playing it that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, to me, it's a game designed around co-op. Like, that was the idea when they made this game is, like, we want to focus on co-op. I played it mostly just by myself, and it's still enjoyable by myself, but it would definitely be more fun if you had a friend with you. Sure. I can speak to this, because I played this at Judges Week. Yeah. And this was one of my favorite games from Judges yeah. Week. Just, a, a, like, Must one, of my, nice. one of my biggest surprises, because I had not played any of the Darksiders games, and... I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, especially with it being a departure, how much I didn't feel like I clearly missed something. This right. is leaning on cutscenes I have not seen, you know, leaning on endings that I did not experience. And I actually really enjoyed the single player because to me they're like separated, you know, Warren Strife are separated into such clear tank versus DPS. You know, not completely. Yeah, melee focus, range war is, focus. War, war can take hits a little bit more, has more, like, blocking, you know, like, defense. And this was just a preview event, so I don't know how, you know, sometimes when it's just, like, a slice of the game, they'll really kind of shake up what your abilities are, how mm-hmm. high of a level you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure, like, how you naturally progress and get more skills. And then Strife was, like, a, a lot more about mobility, a lot more about range attacks. And so it was... I naturally just gravitated more towards Strife because he was just like my preferred mm-hmm. play style. Yep. And then when Strife started, you know, take a little bit more damage than I liked, I realized, oh, I'll throw in war. Yeah, and they switch. just, they poof, like even mm-hmm. like mid jump, you can just whoosh, like switch over to, to mm-hmm. some, someone. And that reminded me a little bit of, um, uh, not Bloodstained, but the 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 Curse of the Moon the that we got, yeah. and how you could swap so quickly between characters. And I was like, I love this. I wish there were more games like this where I had so many characters to literally just like swap back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it's neat. I don't. I mean, I guess you could just give one character all those abilities, but there is something fun and strategic about like physically complete changing to a totally yeah. different person, and then it just like spices up the whole experience. Even if I'm not going to do it strategically, it's just nice to like, yeah, I'm going to finish this combo with War, right. you know, and then I switch this big bulky guy, mm-hmm. and boom, this big AOE thing, and then okay, I'll go back to my character of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you find the the conversations between strife and war? And what do you? They're think like of the total. They're the total opposite characters. Like the war is the much more serious character, and strife is a much more jokey kind of character. So they always bounce off each other in that sense. Do, do does the the jokiness? I mean, obviously. It's, those are archetypes that you've seen a lot, yeah, right? So yes. how, how how does that? I mean, it's fine. Sure, I was not like Ugh, shut up or anything like that. I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Sure. Because he's not, he's not like super annoying, which I like. He, at least he, not yet. But I'm just like, yeah, he's just a little more cocky, a little more jokey about things, but not like overly. He doesn't overdo it. With this being a, a prequel, do you feel like it is a story worth telling? Like, does does the story have any? I mean, I don't know. I it? think it's cool because it's the first time we get to play a strife mm-hmm. out of like all three games. So like, that's cool. You finally get to play the other fourth horsemen. But I mean, I haven't finished it yet, so it's hard to see. Darksiders stories to me aren't like. The reason I play Darksiders at all, sure, it's just like a nice little thing there, I guess. But like, yeah, there's enough to keep you going. Um, obviously, different platforms. You're playing on PC, yeah. Uh, and I, I've <laughs> just played a little bit of Darksiders three on PS4, mm-hmm. and so not, you know, apple to oranges comparison, admittedly. But I remember Darksiders three not performing well. Uh, <sighs> have there been any hitches? No, I haven't seen anything yet. Darksiders okay. three did not run well for me either mm-hmm. when I reviewed it. I played on Xbox X, yeah. But yes, it, I haven't run anything like that. Like where I was getting like sound issues in my review. Like I don't know if you remember, like oh, yeah. popping sounds and stuff like that. Like nothing like that. I remember I put in the sound and you like reached out to me. You're like, oh no, not that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I I picked a different pop, mm-hmm. a different type of audio glitch. Oh, I'd yeah. be specific about what audio glitch you were referring but, like, to. Like I haven't encountered anything yet. I uh, always find it pretty impressive, Brandon. You seem to have a good memory when it comes to editing reviews. Like every once in a while, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that when I well, edited you guys, that thing." I mean, I I just did a tally of like who reviewed what this year and how many games we reviewed, and like both of you you are two MVPs basically of our review, mm. review team. You beat out mm. everybody else, and uh, yeah, you guys are neck and neck. With your, we'll see. Year's not over yet. Yeah. Win. <laughs> but uh, um, I reviewed six games. You know, one of those mm-hmm. was Cat Quest Two. So like, I hey. don't. You know, and one of those was the For weird. Second, I thought you were going to say Cats the movie. And I was no. like, what? <laughs> I will. Yeah, it's coming. My Cats review. <laughs> uh, and one of those was the weird Groundhog Day VR game. So it's like, oh, yeah. it, it, I'll, I'll pick stuff that I either know doesn't need to be done right away, or I can beat it in a weekend, or or it's something like like a Red Dead or a Spider Man where I'm just like, no, 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 I have to. I really want to get this code early. I'm dying, dying to play this. Um, and so a lot of times through shows like this, either listening to podcasts or being on podcasts or group streams or like I really try to take advantage of those moments where I get to try something uh, that just came out. You know, it's like I don't play Smash Brothers. Like when we have a tournament like it's like, OK, I want to try out these new characters. I want to get to know this stuff. And so um, when I am watching footage, uh, uh, I try not to. And this takes a little bit longer, you know, admittedly that like when Ian will cut a review, he'll get stuff done really quickly. And I take a little bit longer because like I really do like to just watch. You know, mm-hmm. I like to try not to skim through footage too fast because like Death Stranding, for example, it's like this, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't cut that review, but it's like I, I missed out on that, that experience. So there's a lot of story beats that people are talking about that's like, I wish I had it spoiled for me a little bit um, just so that I could know going into it. Even like Fallen Order, which I ended up playing, I knew I was going to play. It was kind of nice going through those first areas and being like, ah, I know that guy's mm-hmm. over there. Ha ha, right. force push. Um, so I, I like that perspective. I like, you know, just kind of like peering over your, your, your shoulders when you guys are playing a game and, uh, you know, drinking up your experience. That's kind of a bummer. It's, it's something that I, I guess I've, I, I know that you guys have expressed before. I've heard you talk about it, but I, I don't really dwell on the fact that it's like, oh yeah, like I just spoiled that game for mm-hmm. Brandon or Don yeah. or Ian, you know, it's not nature of the business, right? Nature yeah. of the business for sure. Um, but going back to Darksiders, uh, the Darksiders game that I've played the most is Darksiders 1, and obviously using a strong Zelda template there, mm-hmm. uh, the strength of it was just the, the mix between combat and platforming and puzzle solving. Is all of that yep. present in yep. Genesis? It's got all that, man. It's okay. got your boss battles, got your combat, it's got your platforming, your puzzle solving, all of it. Which, which I think leads us to an interesting point where like Darksiders has kind of had a tumultuous history with just everything with THQ and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But it's been around for a long time. A long now. time, yeah. <laughs> Which like it doesn't it doesn't feel that way to me. Like Darksiders still seems like kind of a new series to me, but it's it's been around for a while. Uh is it is any of that combination starting to feel old or I feel like this is such a rapid de- like so from since from two to three, I felt like it was a long time before we got them all. So I wasn't really feeling the fatigue yet. I beat three. I was like, okay, whatever. Then this one is just so different, I guess, Mm. just how it's presented. It's like nice and refreshing. Sure. It feels like lower budget, but not in a bad way, like how things are done, like the cutscenes and everything like that. I guess they're they're like more comic booky, but it's been like that in the other ones. But it's just solid what's been presented to me so far. Sure. You mentioned lower budget and obviously the new camera angle. Does it? I guess does it look good visually? Yeah. I don't know how else. Yeah, to, I think it does. I think question. it looks nice. Yeah, sure. and it, like the art style carries over nice and everything like that. Because you know when you when you like do a rapid change from like a previous game, some things can get lost along the way. But it seems yeah, like they've absolutely. kept everything that makes Darksiders good in this still. Um, it makes me think of that Tomb Raider co-op game yeah. that was pulled back. That the two of them. Yeah, there were two of them. That was like a really cool offshoot yeah. thing that they did. This is. Perfect example of this yeah, game. It's like the same thing. I yeah. they should go back to that. Or or I love those. Yeah, I don't know. I, I also appreciate along those lines, and they did it with Tomb Raider as well, but like the Hitman Go mm-hmm. uh style, just really taking this platform, in this case mobile, and presenting Hitman in a completely different way. I, I love that. There's yeah. actually that new Lego puzzle game on Apple Arcade yes. that looks really interesting. I haven't yes. got a chance to play it. I know. But uh, I, I just love reinterpretations of this stuff. I think it's really cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we going to talk about next? This, this stuff is also <laughs> strange. <laughs> not, there's not a clear line. There is not a clear Nothing line. Nothing is really banging on the door. <laughs> there is not a clear line. Well, let's, let's go with Brandon, because, Brandon, you were like, oh, I want to talk about this. And I was like, that is unexpected. Uh, Breath of Fire 1 and 2. Yeah. So they oh, both yeah. recently... Somewhat recently, it came to uh, the Switch Online Super Nintendo stuff, and you've been chowing through that. Yeah. So I played uh, when the first, and I actually brought this up, and it was just like, you know, when, when you get in the middle of post summer, you know, before the holidays, that uh, big gaming rush. I showed up and I was like, I played some Super Nintendo games. And you're like, well, we, we have other, you know, more pressing things to talk about on Frame Trap. <laughs> you know, I was no. like, <laughs> Frame Trap is, like, is I played a an hour ride. of Super Metroid and you were like, 
that's yeah. That there's other stuff. No, we got to cover. Yeah, it it it's hard because, like, some people just want this show to be five hours, but it's like. <laughs> There's so many things you have to keep in touch. It's like, okay, well, Blood wants me to talk about these three things, so we got to get those in there if we can. And then a lot of times yeah. you can't even get that stuff in. And uh, Dragon Quest one and two. I haven't started Dragon Quest two yet, but I got yeah. one and two when they get the, I got that sent to us. So there was it was fun. There was like this a time period where I was going back and forth between Breath of Fire and uh, Dragon Quest, and which I had played. I previously played Dragon Warrior back on the NES. And uh, then uh, they just updated with four games, and one of those was uh, Breath of Fire 2 on the SNES service, uh, if you have the, your online account there on the Switch. And it's really fun. I think one of my favorite things about Breath of Fire when I booted it up is I was like, oh, there's auto battle? Well, here we go. <laughs> yes. What a, perfect, what a perfect game on my Switch to just run around and just level up. And just like this reminds know. me of a of a very cute Jones moment. So I've been playing uh, some Galaxy of Heroes, which Jones is a a, Let's talk about a, a of <laughs> master of. Put it on the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been really enjoying it. And I was just playing some Galaxy of Heroes, and like I don't know, it was like a father moment or like a sensei moment <laughs> yeah. where I'm just playing and he just like reaches his fingers over. He's like, ah, you can just speed those battles up. And, uh, <laughs> nope, that's an auto battle. And he just is like, he just like reached over. It was and you were like screen. four times speed. And yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, yep, there you go. Yep. It was, was great. It. That's just wanted to say because it took me a while to get to that. I think it took a while for them to add that. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't think they had auto battles right away, and they certainly didn't have uh, speeding up the battles. Mm-hmm. And and which is funny. You go back to like one speed, and it's like oof. Now <laughs> for me, it yeah. I've been I've been running four speed auto battle. They don't always make great decisions, and so I, oh, they never do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah you. So you the, have to the accept the loss. Time speed <laughs> is is better. Yeah. Um, but man, that game that game is. I'm having fun with it. I'm not going to like sit here and say it's like amazing, but uh, they really withhold so much stuff. And you, like, you level up quickly, to be fair, but it's like, oh, th- now I'm this level and you, you let me have my inbox? Like, that seems like it should have happened immediately. You can't have allies until level 18? That was four years ago for me. I forgot all okay. that stuff. Yeah. All right. But, but uh, Breath of yeah, Fire. Auto Battle and Breath of Fire. And especially for like a Super Nintendo game. Like, yeah. Chrono Trigger doesn't have that. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Final Fantasy IV doesn't have that. Final Fantasy VI doesn't have that. And so it's it's interesting as a Super Nintendo game comparing it to those two, you know, especially Six and Chrono Trigger, I think are just like, you know, uh, far and away the best uh, RPGs available on that system. So it was weird that I was like, I'm like be playing the game and I'm like, huh, this system's kind of clunky. Well, it's Super Nintendo. Well, wait a minute, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Six did do this. And like, so there's some things that they do, like Auto Battle that I think are really great. The, um, the angle has more of a Chrono Trigger vibe when you're in the battles because it's uh, also isometric and the uh, um, character's a lot more faithfully represented in terms of like actual human sized or, you know, like uh, uh, humanoid size as compares to the, the sprites uh, from six. Uh, the combat animations are a little more, it just kind of tries to make it look more like a battle is actually happening. And I appreciate that. Um, one of the things that just fascinates me that I'm like, what happened with this is the, uh, the HUD, the menu is just awful. It's, it's like <laughs> the, the menus are, are so archaic and it's just tough to like, I'm like, I'm like, is this, cr- am I being crazy right now? And I like plug in the SNES classic and boot up six and like, no, they, they, they just, they just went their own route. And what was very strange was there was one point I, I completely got lost and I actually haven't finished Breath of the, uh, Breath, of, not Breath of the Wild, Breath of Fire 
because I'm I'm just stumped. I'm at the end of the game. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Oh. And it's tough to do playthroughs because they take so long and kind of went a different route that I did. So it's tough to kind of lock my playthrough in with what they're doing. And they'll like go do a step and I'll try to do it and I can't because mm-hmm. I went did some other step, but they didn't do that oh. until they did that thing three hours ago. Yeah, I was gonna say like, just whoa. just just look it up, but you've you've done that. There's some Damn. guide and it's just t- it's it's I, I went I went a, a backwards route. And so and that's one thing just in general that frustrates me about like you know, the 40th time I'll replay Final Fantasy 1 or going back and playing something. Even uh, I got Zodiac Age. You played through Final Fantasy 1 40 times? I mean, it's I played it on NES, and then I played it again on mobile, and then I played it again on v, or PSP, and then sure. I played it, you know, it just it keeps coming back. And um, and it just seems like such a playable thing, mm-hmm. especially because you, you know, it's fun to just be like, all all black mages, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. can, can you do it? Yeah, Final Fantasy um, 1 just goes. Yeah. And But it definitely doesn't just go when I'm like, what am I... What am I supposed to do now? Right. And it's weird that there's not like some option at the bottom. It's like we'll just tell you. We'll just put a waypoint in there. Mm-hmm. They really are like, no. It's we want to you know preserve the experience of you being totally confused. And so I'm surprised like going back. I mean, it is like these original versions of the games, but it's just like I I would love if there was just some like, please just tell me the 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 the, the guy in the tree phone house in Link's Awakening. It's like what what did I did oh that okay have you have you uh be, have you tried like googling. Like your contextual problem, where it's like, "Hey, these are the things that I made, and this is where I'm at." Because you might find yeah. like an old game facts forum post yeah, or something. Right. Uh, I have not gone that far. Again, okay. this is this game is so far on the side of of my gaming palette right now. Right. It's just. Uh, um, it's your it's, side dish. Yeah, it's a side dish, and it's and I enjoy it. it it's so like when I got stuck, I just moved on to something else. Especially even just in that library, because there's just so many. Never played, never finished Link to the Past, never finished uh, Super Metroid. So like, I should move on. Even that just Super Punch Out, they just added, and it's like ah, Super Punch Out. You know, Jones, <laughs> I think a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, you you haven't experienced these things, but I think that's like amazing. I think that's like a super positive thing where it's like you. You get to live that. You moment. get to live that. That life. was the magic Whatever you want. That yeah. was the magic of, of Final Fantasy VI for me was because like I didn't play a lot of the Zelda games. I didn't play. I didn't. My first real Zelda game. I played a lot of, of uh, Zelda Two actually on the NES, but uh, it wasn't really until Ocarina of Time that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, this is this is really really special. Yeah. And Metroid, I just never, I just not, I just didn't really click. And even though I loved action games, I just never really went back. Not you know, not saying these games aren't you know one of the greats and just absolutely excellent. Not only of their time, but now just wasn't. One my thing, um, not not to tie everything back into Star Wars, but it's been on the brain, and it's just it's interesting. Like I can't stop thinking about Star Wars. <laughs> even even after we do spoiler mode, I, can't. I know you've got you've got this going on. thing that's been around for more than forty years, and you have like 42. multiple, <laughs> you've got multiple generations of people that. All have completely different viewpoints. Like yeah. some people grew up with the prequels. There yeah. are kids right now that are growing up with the sequels, and they're all coming from very different places. Like they're like I watched the original trilogy as a kid, and yeah. so I'm going to view it a lot differently. That watches it maybe much later in life, and it's just an interesting perspective. You could do that with this story game series like Metroid or Zelda or anything. And so just hearing you talk about Breath of Fire and being like, "Ah oh, man, I wish it had these things," yeah. or "This problem is frustrating." And it's like I bet there are people that grew up with Breath of the Wild where it's like, oh, I'd like that never, I can't have that experience. Like, you're just coming from completely different places. But like font so. size, like why? Well, I don't. They 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 were the d- developers of Breath of Fire were like, this font's got to be huge. It just has to. There's nothing we can do. Who you doesn't would, like big font? I'm this dude. This big is a, font's better than too small. But but Final Fantasy VI, you wouldn't say it's too small. No. 
the the it's font just is, right. dude, it's double size. It's like thirty six. It's just it's <laughs> Pump like it up. they cranked <laughs> it for Breath of Fire. It's insane. And so it's just like these windows when they pop up for text. And I booted up Breath of Fire two, and I was like, okay, they have to have just revised it a little bit. And now nope. it's these massive, massive Pump things. Um, and because it's like some of these other, and even like Chrono Trigger, like some of these other like Square RPGs, like they. The, the the font size is just enough pixels for you to discern what the letter is. And this is like, you know, like it's just a massive amount of pixels to maybe even give the font kind of like some kind of a flare and that was just completely unnecessary. Um, and so you go into like your ability menu and you have abilities that's just like, ent. It's like, what the, what? And it's like, oh, it's, a, you're trying to spell a word, but you only had room for three letters. And so you just wrote down the first three letters of that word. Mm-hmm. And so like the majority of spells, I'm like, I have no, looking at it, I have no idea what that is. I don't even know what that means. And then and like, you don't I'll, get any descriptions nope, on spells or anything? Nope, nothing. Nowhere in the menu can you click and be like, what is that? Mm. You literally have to go into a battle and use it and see what happens and go, oh. You know what I run into with that fairly regularly, uh, with especially with older RPGs, is like attributes. Where it's like, okay, all your different games, like you have slightly different attributes, but you don't explain in the game specifically what this stat does. And so I'll go and Google and be like, And I get oh, like okay, when you're in is... combat, you don't get that. Or when you're specifically moving things around, you don't get that. Or like, or I think you can in the menu, but it's like when you're moving them, you can't. Or when it's like there are moments in that game where I'm just trying to do make a decision really quickly and just move something around in the menu and like I can't. Uh, every item stacks at level nine or at the nine count. And so, like, if you want to have five potions, you have to have, like, potion times nine, and then next to it, potion times six. Mm. And it's like, just stack them. What's the point? <laughs> if there's no limitation to my how many I can have, like, right. why have them all? And they, <laughs> you can't sort them. So, like, when you get no, new potions, like, it'll just add, just put them all the way at the bottom of the list, and there's, like, three columns. And so, like, they're all scattered. And so, like... I'm the guy who played Resident Evil 4 and like all the first aid sprays have got to be in a row, man. Like mm-hmm. I got like I would spend hours going through that, realizing it's pure OCD, but like that's just me, and I right. get a, a, a really twisted pleasure out of like making that stuff nice and neat. Um, and so uh, you know, even like even like Pokemon, man, it's just but like I'm, I played through Pokemon Shield as fast as I possibly could, and just the fact that like it's just all the boxes are just scattered and they're all weird orders and weird levels and all the types are and it's like. I, can't, I don't have time. Now that that's a <laughs> show idea. Brandon Jones's twisted pleasures. Yeah. Just a stream twisted of reorganizing drinks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Brandon, I gotta I gotta be honest. I know you're just playing this kind of like on the side for fun. It sounds like you're having a terrible time with Breath of Fire one and two. Um, no, because it's all fascinating to me, mm-hmm. and it's and and it's uh, it's really easy to. Uh, see where like towns are in the game and because it's got auto battle and where you get past a certain level um, actually some of like the boss fights and some of like the uh, clear like like walls that they set up and hurdles you have to get over were surprisingly difficult mm-hmm. because I'm the type of person that like you, you uh, and just for the experience that I've had with JRPGs it's like little prologue introduction high character you're super weak and you don't know what you're doing be careful of that world it's so dangerous tragic event they get shoved out into the world and then it's like go over to that town and I'll be like in five hours and I'll just circle around that town forever and then get them up to like level 12 and then then I'll go and I'll just kind of have that buff throughout the whole game that buff didn't help at all I got to like the first like boss or something and like got destroyed and I was like okay maybe I'll just level up a little bit more when I have time like went back and like got destroyed again and I don't know if I just like hadn't didn't get used to it's not that intricate of a of a, a system and and the um I think one of the issues also with Breath of Fire is like the abilities aren't like fun 
Like they're just mm. super straightforward. Sure. And it was again, it's it's like, well, this is a very early RPG, and it's like, no, they have Chrono Trigger, and you got like this the slash where they do m- modes together. So when yes. you get someone new in your party, it's like, oh, what does this person do? And it's right. like they buff and heal. And you're like, oh, oh, all right. Like they don't have like a a lance or something, just mm-hmm. some cool thing that they do. And especially six is like yeah. does that incredibly four does that really well too. You Ridia and she can summon, and even though you only get a couple summons right away, it's like whoa, you get Titan in there, and that's really exciting. And I, I actually find that that still happens like way too often and not just with RPGs but like you even even today like you get so many RPGs where it's like yep the wizard is exactly the way that you've played a wizard a thousand times or mm-hmm. the, the thief or whoever or it's and it falls into the triangle of of tank DPS and healing and it works and it's you know obviously it's a foundation you can build off of but uh, I do I do find that disappointing sometimes that things aren't a little bit more creative and even with games like shooters it's like Really, like you're just gonna have the shotgun, you know, the assault rifle, the pistol. Like we could maybe get, and it, obviously there are games that are striving for realism, right? So it's gonna be a little bit different. But I'm talking in like super fantastical games. Yeah. Why are we not being more creative? And specifically the difficulty, because it's kind of dawning on me now. Like, oh, I remember what I did. Uh, it's not so much uh, difficulty, meaning there was like one ability that they would have that would like zombify the my main guy. And like I, there was no spell I could do to undo that. I had to have the item to undo that. And if he got hit one more time, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, okay. So I would like he'd get zombified, and I'm like, all right. And I use the item, and then finish the, just a random battle, not even like a boss fight. And then I go into the next one, zombified. I'm like, oh, okay. And I use that item, and then zombified. I'm just like, all right, maybe I don't know. Maybe like add a percentage to that, or mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, well, I'll just buff them up so they'll be able to take that guy out. And they like it still takes like three or four hits to just one target. Mm-hmm. And so it just surprised me. And uh, um, almost done with the game, and three characters. That's it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Um, three people I'm in the party. Not not opposed to that. Sometimes I really like yeah. super small casts. And the third guy was a, a werewolf with a bow and arrow. And I was like, cool. we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we finally, my favorite mm-hmm. character in the game. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a fun world. And it, it, uh, to get talking more positively, you know, it, uh, each town definitely has a vibe, has a story, has a personality, has uh, uh, the, the really fun environmental storytelling, which I actually think Six doesn't do like at all. Um, where like I would go into a town and there'd be this big like, you know, uh, um, trench like blocking my way. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? So I got to like walk all around, go up to this bridge. And then on the way back down, I see this like boulder at the end of the trench. And I'm like, whoa, cool. And then I go into the town and they're like, hey, and the, the, this trench is now blocking these two towns that used to be connected by a road. And now the two towns kind of hate each other because they've been, they've been separated so far. And it's, and the, the uh, enemies are so dangerous outside of them that it takes a long time to get there. So they're like, oh, you were there? Like, can you take this thing over there? Because we don't really spend that much time over there because there's this big chasm that i saw on the way there and i was like oh cool that is a cool little story yeah so it's like they they have those those beats where you'll see like a big thing or or a big like uh like robot in the middle of this the classic you know jrpg you gotta circle around to go down to that staircase then do another circle for that staircase and then another circle back around and then another circle okay now i'm in the middle and then i get there and walk in and nothing i can't do anything there yet like oh okay like, you know, I, I used up all my anti-zombie items. I'm a little, <laughs> it's going to be a rough battle trying to get out of here. But, uh, you know, things I would see in the distance and wonder what that was. Hmm. And that was not common to me for the, uh, um, I think a lot of the stuff in Chrono Trigger kind of seems after the fact. That you would, like, get to a new time zone and be like, whoa, yeah, what's what happening happened? here? Yeah. But specific, specifically seeing a building or an, something in the overworld and being like, what is that? 
and getting getting that answer you know relatively soon <clears> was, was cool. And and again with the auto battle starting Breath of Breath of Fire two now it's like oh yeah yeah oh. here we go just. You take it. I'm going to take a little sip of my coffee. <laughs> I'm going to hold Milo and yeah. auto battle my yeah. way oh, yeah. through this. Um, you did bring up two things that made me realize, like, ah, I don't, I don't, I think, like, as people who critique things and really just criticizing RPGs, that I don't think get enough focus. Uh, and that is UI. I don't think we spend nearly enough time talking about UI, especially in this genre where it's so important. You spend so much time in the menu. Yeah. I feel like. That criticism comes so much after the fact, when it, it, you know, where there's a lot of talk about pacing and length and storytelling and characters and battle systems, which is all, of course, incredibly important. But so many of these games just have like absolutely terrible UI, where it's like if you had just, as you were saying, made these small changes, because you have to do them so much, it would have made the experience so much smoother. Uh, I think about Xenoblade Chronicles, which is a game I adore, you know, so much very messy UI. <laughs> like, yeah, you could get used to it. It's fine. Yeah. It's still a great game. But I, I just wish more time would have been spent trying to make navigating it and moving things around easier than it is. It's interesting to see RPGs come back. Uh, like I said, I just, I just picked up uh, Zodiac Age for Switch. Nice. And it was just like, yeah, again, speed up battles. You're like, yeah, yeah let's do it. Um, and... Uh, I don't know how much time, certainly for Goaties, I, I shouldn't put enough time into that. I got to finish a bunch of games. But uh, it's interesting when these games come back after so many years, they do make a lot of UI changes mm -hmm. because people have made so many complaints over the years. And I wonder if devs get uh, not only so familiar with their own systems that they get comfortable in how they're going to move stuff around because they just get used to that, that they are maybe not necessarily blinded, but they don't really kind of notice. You know, they don't get that experience of being able to present it to someone and have somebody else step in and figure it out. Right. Like I, you know, I can easily, you know, see problems in an UI that someone else built. But if I had to build a UI for my own game, I'd, you know, fail mm -hmm. miserably mm -hmm. because what the hell do I know? It's like, I think that's a really hard thing to know the best way to do. Even just like when we do Twitch streams, like how big the thing's going to be in the versus the camera is like, ah, it's just not, not a skill I possess, not a passion that I have. It's interesting uh, how time changes the importance of something because, like, uh, replaying Final Fantasy VIII for the Don't Skip, at the time when I initially played Final Fantasy VIII, I didn't really care summoning things over and over again because it was like, I cannot believe my little PlayStation is spitting this out. Like, it's just so majestic and wonderful. Mm -hmm. But then, obviously, so much time goes on. It's like, okay, well, this doesn't, by today's standards, this doesn't look great at all. I love the fact that in this new version, I can just speed right through that. And yeah. it's mm -hmm. like, that is taking, that's trying to appreciate the game now, in a way. And it's like, oh, I, this is so good. Like, I, I, I hmm. I know people complain a lot about how many remasters we're getting and how many remakes and all of this stuff, but when they do it right and they do make even sometimes the smallest changes, it can give you a more definitive version of something in a way that I'm really grateful for. Like There's somebody out there being like, okay, well, how does this thing make sense now? Yeah. Uh, especially with games that are so reliant on technology. Um, like, I've been playing a bunch of Star Wars games, and I've been playing some of them on the One X, and just seeing, like, the upscaling, it's like, oh, this looks so nice. It's yeah. like this this thing that... 
it's amazing to me that I can just like pop an Xbox disc disc into my Xbox One and it's just like it's there. It works. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's been fascinating over the four years I've played it is Galaxy of Heroes with their UI mm. because like at least once a year I'll like put the game up and be like wait whoa whoa what where are you huh. Like, mm-hmm. that's over here now? And, like, almost every time it's like, what are you guys doing? And then two days later I'm like, you know, that, yeah, that was a good call. I like that. That's it. That's easier. I can see it all on there now. And see, maybe maybe it's just because I'm a new player and I'm sure. not familiar with everything yet. I have no idea what that perspective is, yeah. Because that UI is, like, <laughs> way too wild. Like, sometimes it feels like finding very basic things is not... Because that's what they tried to do is like how much more can we add to make you to almost any screen you're on give you every functionality you could ever possibly want, you know, and and uh, yeah, you know what UI was very frustrating is uh, Fortnite and how that's evolved because I I played Fortnite before Battle Royale came out. And so I played that right off the bat. And it's like almost every time I'll go back every like six, seven, eight months and just play for like a weekend or something. And then like I'll put it down again. And it seems like almost every single time it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> what, where is what now? huh? Yeah. And it's interesting because they do that like, OK, we had to change everything. So we just took all of your points away and you have to reallocate all of it. And it's like, <laughs> all right. That that reminds <laughs> me. So I uh, like in between high school and college, I worked as a tech in an ER room. Whoa. And. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but anyway, there's a show. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was great. I actually really enjoyed the job immensely. But you know, being like a young student, there would be chunks of time where I wasn't working, or I was just off doing something else, or distracted with school, or whatever it was. And I would come back after like a time away, and just the way that a hospital works, it would be like. You can't do that now. Like, yeah. this thing that you did all the mm-hmm. time every day, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work like that now. And in fact, you'll get in, like, a bunch of trouble if you do it. Like, it was just, it moved so fast, and it was so, there. obviously, it's a hospital, but there are so many rules and regulations that are just constantly changing all the time. Uh, it was fascinating. Yeah. And frustrating, but fascinating. It's been interesting to follow... Uh, um uh, shout out to uh, Michelle Jackson, Mishimagius in Twitch chat, who is d- developing a game and giving us uh, development updates on uh, uh, during the community showcase. Yeah. And she like uh, infamously will like post stuff and she's like, hey, ignore the HUD, <laughs> you know, like I'm figuring right. that out. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and or, or, you know, she'll put a screen. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. And she's like, it's crap. It's crap. And I'm like, oh, it looks fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want to play this. You're done. Give me give me everything you've done. I want to play this game. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's stuff like that is always in flux and. It's interesting to see early versions of games that just did like had no HUD, you know, because they were like, "Oh, we'll think about that later, man." Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we got to get the, we get this game's got to feel good before we do any of this. So we need to put the systems. You know, the games will be, you know, the characters will look stupid. The environments won't even be there. But as long as we know, like, oh, that felt good, jumping and hitting that guy. Okay, now we can do everything else. Um, we uh, Abby and I were watching the the it's on Disney Plus the making of the the original Star Wars trilogy. And they were talking to some industrial light and magic guys, and they were like, "Ah, oh, man, you know, like George wasn't happy. There was a point in the process where George wasn't happy with some of the effects stuff that we were doing, and he was like, I was really proud of it, and mm-hmm. I thought that we did a great job. And I mean, I looked at each other, and it was like, like that, like at the time, especially, like Star Wars was that's what it was known for. Like they were doing things that no one they created it out of yeah. nothing. And so it's just interesting, like kind of the mastermind behind it all. Like, oh, it's not quite how he wants it, or whatever mm-hmm. thing is yeah. in his head, it's not quite lining up. And that's, 
I don't know. That's that's fascinating to me how different people can look at something and be like, it's good or it's total crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, in that interview, you don't get to see specifically what they're referring right. to. But I yeah. love just rewatch Return of the Jedi to cram as much Star Wars as we possibly can. It's into gonna this keep crap. coming. But yep. uh, when they're getting ready for the Battle of Endor, I love when like the fleet comes in and the Falcon goes like whoop, just right up against the camera, and I can mm-hmm. feel it's the model guys being like, gotcha. That's a good looking Falcon, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, it is. Uh, I love that show. I want to insert a little whisper. He's a good looking Falcon. You like that Falcon? Uh, Brandon, the other thing that I, uh, so the UI with RPGs, but the other thing that I want to bring up is is boss battles. Um, because I, I feel like in a lot of RPGs, when you talk to people about their experience and then when you remember your own experience with these games, a lot of times you're like, oh, I liked this one boss battle that was a huge difficulty spike, maybe at the beginning, maybe another one like near the end, and then maybe the final boss battle. But there's like a lot of filler boss fights mm-hmm. in these really long games, and obviously it's a huge challenge making everything feel you know equally memorable, of course. But I don't know. Sometimes I wish there weren't so many filler fights or fights where it's like, yeah, I just kind of like did what I did. You yeah. know, regular battle, Where it doesn't but feel more. special. Right, right. I, I wish sometimes that there was a, a closer examination of those, sure, yeah. those moments, I guess. I think the thing that always, uh, I, and this might just be like a, a culture gap, but like it was difficult for me, I think, to adapt my play style and, and, and my interest. You know, I was, I think the, the number one thing that drew me to JRPGs was just story. That I was like, whoa, I think it was the thing that blew my mind before anything. Yeah. Systems, combat, whatever was the characters and the opera and all, just playing six and being like, I, I didn't know we were doing this. I didn't know, right. you know, like that you could have this many characters. You could have, you know, characters die and people mourn them and characters go and then 10 hours later come back. You know, like that was crazy. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's, it's strange for me to have like bosses change forms just cause, you know, for something right. that doesn't necessarily make sense at all or, or is foretold in any way in a story or have a boss that kind of stands in your way. Um, you know, a, a one sp- a boss fight from six that's so great is when you fight uh, Ifrit and Shiva. And sh- it takes Shiva to be like, wait, wait, and like mm-hmm. tells Ifrit to stop and be like, wait, I think we can trust them. You know, so like it makes you see them and then you go down to talk to them and then you fight them. And then the end of the fight happens in a specific way. Um even though I don't think the boss fights are the strongest parts of it, there are moments in Fallen Order where the boss fight doesn't necessarily end when you get to the end of the health bar. Mm-hmm. You get about halfway, and then that character just takes off, and you're like, oh, and it, it kind of makes sense. you yeah. know. And, and so I like when the story and the boss fights don't seem like they were completely separate teams working on them. And sometimes I feel that way in some RPGs, where I'll yeah. be like, who are you? And they'll fight right. them like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Even Six has a little bit of that. Who's the, guy, who's the classic guy that keeps coming back? The leg- it's actually a, a, a legendary swordsman. That appears in like all the Final Eugene Fantasies. Though? No, it's uh, he's he like shows up on the train and he's like, "Ha I'm here to steal this thing." And you're like, "What are you doing?" Oh, I don't remember. And then I don't like either. Takes off. Everyone's screaming. Yeah, yeah, chats, yeah, ch- yeah, Sorry, it's gonna be in the, it's gonna be in the comments. Yeah. He is a he is an actual character from mythology. That uh, I think I don't know. Gilgamesh. He's in every Gilgamesh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there it is. What did you you said Yojimbo at first? Yeah. I th- my mind like translated that as Yojimbo. Nice, Brad. Okay. Did it. Yes. Did it. There you go. Okay. Swords, so Gilgamesh. Um, but I mean, that's an example of like, what? You know, like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh, well, that 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 that'll make sense later. And like, no, no, it's just you just bump into weird people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like, uh, I like the way Witcher evolved it a little bit in that. In a lot of ways, you are asking for it if you put yourself in a difficult situation with a very strong enemy because it, it, it has been foretold. You, were, you, you took that quest. You saw how tough that was. 
You People told you about it. You can even go past that and ask more questions and get more story before you go up and confront this thing. And so there's a lot of a, a lot less moments where you're just like, oh, just following the the hallway of the story, and then wait, whoa, right. why is this dude blocking me? Like, I just want to, I just want to hear for the story. Well, it's interesting that you you bring up the story being the thing that that brought you to RPGs, and it was the same thing for me, where like the battles were cool and all, but I was really blown away that games could tell stories that were affecting me as emotionally as they were. But the older I got, the less that that happened, and so. Because I could rely on the story less, I got more infatuated with the battle systems. Um, and it's interesting that you bring up Witcher because that's totally true. Like the actual fights in Witcher are not that amazing, but right. the stories they tell around those characters and the yeah. context <clears throat> that you get for what you're fighting makes it exciting and interesting and enthralling, even if like the moment-to-moment -moment battle isn't necessarily that great. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, you you remember it regardless, mm -hmm. um, and I think that is that is really cool. Uh, speaking of The Witcher, uh, I watched the first episode. Oh, of I know, I haven't seen this yet. The, I know, just the first episode. Unfortunately, it's all out there. But I just watched the first episode of The Witcher Netflix show. Um, How many episodes? Eight. Cool. Just eight episodes oh, okay. are all about nice. an hour long, I believe. Um, it's just waiting. Yeah. Oh man! It so obviously I can't speak to the whole series, right? This is just a first sure. impression. It's decent, I would say. Um, it's solid. Castlevania. It's swimming. <laughs> uh, it, it's hard to compare because Castlevania. I feel like I watched a lot at once. Uh -huh. Like I, hmm. but I. The, what's weird about which is first of all, I think Henry Cavill does a good job. Mm. Uh, he is very clearly trying to do Geralt's voice. Uh, but he he does a good job. I think it's just kind of the structure of that initial episode that is a little off-putting. Uh, like, there's a clear distinction between the first half and the second half, and the first half has way too much exposition in it. Like, you will bounce around to different places, and it feels like every scene is just, like, shot, reverse shot of two characters dumping a lot of information on each other. But then it shifts, and you kind of go into this war, and things get a lot more interesting. Um, something that I really like about the first episode is it definitely sets up the rest of the show very effectively, but it also feels kind of self-contained. Like, they tell a nice, complete story. Uh, and the the thing that I would say I was most impressed with is, you know, we joke around the Easy Allies offices about morally gray and how much that gets trumped up. Um, but it's obviously true in the world of The Witcher. Like, it is a morally mm -hmm. gray world. Um, and they actually do that to great effect. Uh, Geralt is kind of wrestling with something... And he's got two people that want him to do opposite things. And he's like, listen, I've been through this. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to choose. But then his hand gets a little bit forced and he has to choose. And the way you kind of feel at the end of the episode, it's like that wasn't necessarily the right choice. Mm -hmm. He made that choice. You could see why he did it. It all makes sense. It's all very logical. But you're kind of left with this this 
feeling of like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Like, what would have that looked like if you chose the opposite thing? And so I think that is that is pretty cool, especially in an initial episode where you are trying to establish so much with so many different characters in multiple places, and you are dealing with a large-scale war. Uh, I think that's pretty effective. Nice. So, um, it... <laughs> It's weird because I feel like I can kind of say this about the Mandalorian in a way, but it works for the Mandalorian. There are definitely like effects and costumes and set designs that remind me of like you you just see the budget in a way. Not that this necessarily has a low budget, but it doesn't I don't know, there's just something that looks slightly costumey about it like you're very aware yeah that these are actors and that is a cg effect like there's there's something about how those things are meshing uh that doesn't always quite work so sure yeah i understand that but yeah because like star wars a lot of it's like people watching the movies which are insanely high budget mm-hmm. and you're watching a week-to-week show there's so. a desolation to the mandalorian that i think is very intentional yeah, yeah. like let's yeah, not yeah. let's not have him barren. go to naboo okay <laughs> you know, yeah. like there was keep a, everything like, barren. a list of things that favreau couldn't do it's like okay let's say uh, no wookies okay yeah. <laughs> but the thing about the thing about the mandalorian is like it's an incredibly cheesy show oh yeah but it's it's very aware of that mm-hmm. um and i think it's consistently cheesy it is consistent <laughs> it, it is i think that's the thing is that consistency and obviously you know just the first episode of the witcher there's a there's sometimes a like really believable grounded grimness to it and then there's other times where it does feel a little cheesy and sometimes it feels like it's fighting whereas i feel like the mandalorian is just a lot of cheese and i'm not saying that everything about the mandalorian works but uh, that that consistency is important. Something that I do like, uh, and also I really liked about Castlevania, and uh, something I've been impressed about with these video game adaptations, is I feel like if you don't know anything about The Witcher at all, you have no experience with the games or books or anything, you can jump in and enjoy this and understand the the logic of the world and get a sense for the characters without them being so stilted, like, hi, this is who I am and what I believe in. Like, you learn those beliefs mm-hmm. through their actions, just like you do in Castlevania. I feel like uh, I think both adaptations do that very, very well. There are references where it's like, oh, I get that. Like, I understand what this place is now and what this reference is and how this connects to Geralt's past that I've heard about in the game. I imagine if you've read the books, there's even more stuff in there. But none of it, like, has that annoying, clawing, like, did you see that? We did the thing. Did you yeah. see that? Um, it's it's not... It doesn't pander so desperately like that, which I, I like. So, yeah. Excited to... Uh, Excited I to can't imagine I missed that show. I'll, I'll yeah, definitely, definitely gonna as watch. soon as I hum, you know, humanly possible, I will check that out. Yeah. I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. I'm yeah. curious to see what you think about the performances. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the, the effects for spellcasting in particular, I think, are... Amazing. Not amazing. No, I meant like... <laughs> yeah. Because they're not. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is, it is kind of its own charm. I want to um, see them chug potions. That's what I'm in for. Yeah, the uh, the initial battle that he has is is interesting. Um, uh, and obviously that blood take 
we need. Yeah, the blood, blood. table. Oh my yeah. god, blood it has is... read all the books, and of yeah. course it's like, well, I'm gonna reread them, and I'm like, where do you? How do you have time? To... Yeah, I don't know. I don't play games. I feel like I don't have time to like read one a book, and he's thinking about rereading all those your books. Well done, blood. At least the first one, because I think it's more, you know, yeah. where, you know, more in line with what the story that they're trying to tell with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I would love to. This is one where it's just like my quick initial impressions. I'd love to get on another frame trap and after we've watched more and mm-hmm. uh, get Bloodworth on there. But Bloodworth is gone. He's gone. doing Christmas stuff. He's gone. He left his yeah. Back in Florida. Telling you. Back no. in Florida, baby. Um. Another thing that I've been playing in blood, or er, uh, not blood, Brad. A I lot of bees. A lot of bees. There are way too many bees at this yeah. company. Uh, Brad, True. you've checked it out too. I was actually playing it uh, this morning before I came here. Halo Reach yeah. on PC. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. It is always nice when you have something in your mind and you're like, I really love that. That was a high point for me in this thing that I loved. And that's what Halo Reach was for me. Like, the Halo Reach story hit me in a way that I really appreciated. I thought it was a cool direction. I thought there were a lot of ideas in that game. I just have this fondness for Halo Reach. And I was playing the beginning of the campaign again today, and I was like, this game is, like, better than I remember. Uh, Just from a... a, The way that they frame the story, like, there are some lines that maybe don't quite work, and some of the faces look a little rough just due to the passage of time. But uh, the way that they present the story and they show the relationship between these Spartans feels very believable. They have interactions. They have little fights. They're on this mission. They feel like people because they don't always agree what the best path is. Um, But there's a constant forward momentum to everything. It's like we are under attack. We have to deal with this. And so they're always moving. They're always doing something. Um, And just the shots that they use, I mean, just like – you're watching the like mid mission. It's like okay, now we got to go over here, and so you get in the ship, and you have this incredible shot of the landscape as you're flying to your next destination. It is really, really cool. It's also nice uh, to be playing Halo with the mouse and keyboard yeah. again. Again, yeah. uh, it feels great. Just like lining up those headshots with the VR with the mouse and keyboard, um, the enhancements. It looks really, really nice. Again, some of the faces. Maybe not quite there, but the environments um, and the way the Covenant looks specifically, fantastic. Uh, the design of the missions is is really good. Um, just immediately you get a lot of interesting firefights and like all the way back to the original Halo, right? Like that's what made it so good is like, yeah, you have the, the composition of these enemies. Like you have the little grunts that are fun to just like shoot and watch them like fly off or they kamikaze with plasma grenades or in Halo Reach, like you shoot the back of their thing and they fly up into the air. Then you have elites that still feel really smart and aggressive and tactical and the way that they roll, it makes them kind of a struggle to fight and hunters and all this stuff. Like Halo still has so much magic in it Mm -hmm. that like I was playing Halo Reach on PC and I was like, and this is not a slight against Destiny. It's really not. But I was like, I would love... Like a Destiny Reach, where it's like not a service game. It's just, just like a, a single player campaign that's like six hours long, ooh, self-contained. Never thought about that for a second. Yeah, that's a fascinating just idea. Just like some offshoot game, mm-hmm. I would love to see for Destiny that just tells a story in that world, uh, and you don't have to worry about like light level, light level, yeah. or any of that stuff. Gear, yeah. or yeah, like getting your friends together. Like you can just play it on your own. I would love that because I think Bungie did such a good job. 
uh, with Reach, one thing that I don't like, and I was like, oh, oh, this is dumb, is you, you have these different Spartan powers. So you have like the armor lock where you slam it down and you're kind of invulnerable for a period of time. Cool ability, fun ability, like kind of tense to just be like surrounded and then pop that and be like, ah, ha, ha, you can't get me. But one of them is also sprint. Yeah. Which you get right away, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to try something else. And then you're like, oh. I miss sprint. Now I can't sprint. Yeah. And I, I like, I respect what they're trying to do, and I do think it is good when games may have you make hard decisions. But, like, this is not an interesting choice. Just yeah. let me sprint. It's like getting rid of, it's like getting rid of jump. Right. It's like, what? <laughs> right, right. It's just like... Just let me have this super basic thing. Yeah, that definitely. F- I remember doing that in multiplayer. Yeah, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna pick sprint every time." Yeah, because I want to sprint forever. So that's that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, riding around on a ghost is pretty sick, though. Oh yeah, dude, vehicles in Halo are always so much fun. That is something that in Halo that other games really have not taken the mantle uh, with. Mm. I, I guess Destiny a little bit, um, but. Just the interplay between vehicles and how much they play into combat, mm-hmm. um, and how many you get—that is something the first person. Yeah, they don't really, really do that that much. Yeah, haven't taken off and run with. Bring it back, Brandon. I know you're a big Halo fan. Uh, yeah. Oh, I played a lot of Halo. I, I definitely dropped off. I played Halo one, two, and three. Did never didn't play Reach. Didn't play four. Didn't play five. What happened? You, did you just like get your fill? I, I finished the trilogy, mm. and they just didn't really sell me on mm. on ha- having back. to come back. It was just kind of like yeah. you need to come back because we need to make more of these because this is our flagship story. But I wasn't. Man, I would uh, love I would love to get your opinion on Reach because I, I did the Halo retrospective, so I know the story of Reach. I know mm. the characters. I know the tragedy. You know, I I know like the best moments of that game narratively. Yeah, uh, and the the music is is really great. It was I remember cutting that part of the Halo retrospective and having it be. So easy, making it look good. You know, so easy, just being like, oh, this one part. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to use that mm-hmm. cutscene later. That's a good cutscene. You know, like, uh, yeah, I remember that really, really standing out and really being impressed. And remember just doing the research and having people clearly be like this, you know, Halo Wars is fun. And, you know, like there's some other stuff, you know, that you should definitely check out if you're a fan. But uh, this is definitely really special and stands on its own. And a story that I even knew going into the first Halo because I kind of, you know, did some research on the, the books and, and some of the narrative, you know, surrounding, you know, the, the games. And so when that when Reach came out, I was like, oh, that is a that is a cool story. And even if you did know going into that campaign what was going to happen to these characters. Yeah. Uh, it still is, you know, is, is not something where it's just like, you know, like with the prequels, <laughs> Star Wars, where like, you know, whenever Obi-Wan's in danger, it's like, oh, no, Obi-Wan. I hope Obi-Wan doesn't die. You know, you're like, no, but I, it's, it's it's what they do and not necessarily, like, how it all wraps up. Yeah, um, I, I think just the direction that they chose for Halo Reach allows them to, like, present the Halo story in such an interesting way because you think about, like, Halo 1, 2, and 3 and, like, the way that those games start where it's like, okay, you are this, like, great hope and shit is hitting the fan immediately like you're going. And those are effective openings, but in Halo Reach... There's this sense of, like, let's go check this out. What's going on? It's super quiet. These people are terrified. And, like, you're kind of, like, this threat isn't understood yet Mm -hmm. completely. And uh, just kind of uncovering it and having that sense of dread. Um, And then just working with a team and then really prioritizing, like, no, like, you guys are a unit. Like, you guys go over there take on this objective, we're going to go over here. It's not just like Master Chief. Yeah. Uh, you you are part of this this very specialized group, and I think um, those changes and other changes uh, make it 
very effective and very interesting. Like it, it feels, I don't know. There's, there's just this like purpose behind Halo Reach that I think other spinoff games suffer from. Where it like you're, you're playing it and it's like, yeah, I guess you could tell this story, like, but you don't need to. Like this, this feels like they, they really had something yeah. they wanted to say with it. So, and I felt that there was like a, 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 a directness between all of the missions. That yeah, the yes. missions, the missions are segmented, but like you really, like you're saying, you were on the run. Yeah. And that's actually what I really appreciate about both Half Life games is that like you just yes. you never get to breathe. It's just like yeah. ah, ah, ah. you know, that's you a just great constantly point. feel when you look back, you're just like, man, that would be exhausting to get through what I just did. And even like my favorite uh, Call of Duty games, there have been some segues into some missions where it's like, all right, now we're going to Africa because this thing dropped and there you go. And I'm like, wait, why am I here? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I missed. I'm. I'm sorry. I, I. I missed for five seconds you debriefing me on what the hell's going on. And like, <laughs> that, and like the VO kind of needs to catch you up in case you missed it. Mm-hmm. You know. Whereas, uh, um, yeah, with Half Life, it was like, oh no, no, I'm. I know why I'm here because I walked right. here. Well, that is actually something with with Reach that can be a struggle, and like very quickly, I was like, no, I need to turn subtitles on because <laughs> you have this kind of constant forward momentum, and because it's like we need to go here and do this thing. You'd be like, you you do have those moments where it's like, wait a minute, like that happened really fast. What are we doing again? Like that that can happen if you're not gotcha. careful. Um, so you, you keep have it to moving, pay, baby. Yeah, you have to pay a lot of attention, and of course, like the way that these characters are talking to each other, like. They have a history that you haven't really seen, and so you kind of have to interpret it. And so it, it can be a lot. Yeah. It com- a lot comes at you very, very quickly. But the demons made a deal with me. Uh oh. They were like, Oh, for the holidays? No, not for the <laughs> I wish it was for the holidays. They're not that kind, unfortunately. But they were like, We don't buy it. You. Ben, you've been getting into Star Wars so much and returning to it and just getting obsessed with it. Brandon claims he's this big Star Wars fan. Brad claims he's this big Star Wars fan. The demons are not buying it because they're the biggest Star Wars fan. What do they want from us? Oh, no, it's Marvel Ultimate And they hate it. Um, (laughs) And so they're going to ask us to play a classic frame trap game, real or fake. Name that Jedi. Star Wars planets. Oh, okay. Not my expertise. Okay. Yeah, it's hard, Brad. Okay. It's hard, okay. and I, okay. I'm pulling from legends and canon here. Oh, I don't know. jack about right. legends. Well, right. Let's go, baby. I've perused a wiki in my day. <laughs> <laughs> the old Mike you Huber know? method. Somebody slapped that on a shirt. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. The first planet. Is it real or fake? Arby flux. Fake. fake? Oh, that sounds like, ugh. Arby Flux? It's real. Oh, what? Damn sounds, it. Like Arby's, dude? <laughs> Ar- Arby Flux was a forest planet located, I'm pulling this from Wikipedia, by the way. Okay. Arby Flux was a forest planet located in the Outer Rim Territories of the Galaxy. Oh, come on. Featured in? Do you know? Yeah, what? No, I don't. I didn't. I didn't uh, may not may not have been featured in anything. Yeah, it's in the Outer Rim somewhere. <laughs> Actually, there's there's a lot that are like, it's in the, yeah, yes, okay. there's a Did lot of Did you see my post in random, though, mm-hmm. that, in response to what Blood said? <laughs> So oh. like on the on the, the podcast, uh, Bossman made a joke. And he was just like, "All right, nobody's saying anything tomorrow because we're all because I saw uh, Rise Thursday night. You didn't see it till Friday, so mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I'm not even gonna 
you know, type like, oh, that was a weird movie. And Bossman was like, yeah, nobody talking about, like, yeah, look at that knee knock. Yeah. And uh, of course, like Bloodworth oh, like goes into random and he's like, hey, what about that knee knock? Yeah, that one knee knock. And I was knock. like, you know what? I bet. And I went to Wikipedia, typed in knee knock, and it's like a planet featured in Bloodworth. And I was like, yep. yep. yep so I like, took a screen grab and just posted it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Never underestimate uh, weird no. words in Star Wars. This is an extremely difficult game. It has no bearing on anyone's fandom at all. Uh, number two, Frong. Fake. Frong? Frong. Spell, please. F-R, I like that. F-R-O-N-G. Frong. You said Frong. I would have believed. Yeah, I'll say fake to that one, too. Real? Damn it. Damn it, dude. Frong was a planet located in the Outer Rim that was the homeworld of the Frong species. Ah, of course. The Frong, Throns, like, come on, man. Too close. Ojom. O-J-O-M. Ojom. That's got to be fake. Ojom? I'll say it's real. It's real. Oh my God! Ojim was a world <laughs> located in the galaxy's deep core that was the homeworld of the Besalisk series. Mm. What? Yeah. Star Wars is okay. Weird and bullshit, but that seems man. More, but that one seems more like traditional. When you end Bo- with a consonant. Oh, I'm sorry. What was it? Bojong. Ojom. Ojong. <laughs> Ojom. All right, number four. Nuck nuck. Okay, that has to be fake. I'm going to be so mad if this is real. It's fake. Okay, it's thank fake. you. Yeah, I'm playing a knock knock. <laughs> God. <laughs> Did it. Knock knock. I would right. love if someone calls you on that. And it's like, actually. I, I mean, I did look to make sure that it wasn't. Wikipedia doesn't get everything correct. Yeah, yeah. Knock knock. Somebody, now they're going to make Read the comic. Knock. Yeah. All right, number five. Some <laughs> Last one. Knock knock. Banta Achu. Banta Achu. Banta Achu. Fake. Yeah, that sounds fake. You're both right. It's fake. Yeah. <sighs> Banta, Banta Achu. I tried my best. Okay? Well, it sounds like they, it sounds like Bantha, so I'm like, uh, sounds... Banta Achu. Dude, that planet sounded like Thrawn. Thrawn? Thrawn? Yeah. Well, I, that's why I said it was fake. It's like a G. <laughs> you both you both put up a very valid... No, it was real. That planet was real. No, I, that's why I said it was fake, because <laughs> it sounded fake. You both put up a very valiant oh effort. God, Brandon dude. ekes out ahead, three to two. Yay. Um, Suck it, Brad. <laughs> I'll, I'll lose to these dumb planets any day. Go back to your canceled, <laughs> Su- your canceled cannon. Suck Bullshit. it, Brad was a, uh, a yellow card uh, there. Uh, um, no, that's okay. Um, so just, just to reiterate, Arbiflux, real. Frong, real. Good to know. Ojam, real. Nuck nuck, fake. Banta Achu, fake. I thought there would be at least one gimme, but all five of those were tough. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know why I made it tough. I think I was just like so infatuated with how crazy they were yeah. that I just like nah. They're it's like they're never gonna run out of plants, dude. I feel like they blow up planets all the time. I just like they're they're never are, yeah. Can you out. imagine if I was like Tatooine? Yeah. yeah. Jakku. No. Come on. You're better than that. Um, Brandon, <laughs> you are going to have to break us out of this room trap. Sweet. Uh, you can. You don't have to, but you can do a Star Wars breakout if you want. But before we get to that, we have some wonderful shout-outs that we've got to do. Uh, this is from our new shout-out tier on Patreon. If you want to see more about that, go to patreon.com slash easyallies. Our first shout-out goes to El Thanis. Shout-out. Uh, last time <laughs> when I did the shout-out, so Huber was on the episode. <laughs> And uh, when we did the shout out, I had to like cut that part of the audio and like 
crank it down yep. so much because he got right up in the mic and like Super screamed loud. shout out and it was just like painful to listen to so mm. I had to like go back <laughs> like, uh, good old sh- Hubert shout out to El Thanis uh, next we have Greg the Dark Knight Kettering shout out thank you Greg after that we've got Caleb Togi Crawford shout out uh, next we've got Will Schmuck shout out and last but certainly not least we've got fantasy critic dot games shout, shout out. out shout out shout out shout out to everybody at this tier thank you so so much wait till you get on the podcast and have to say that we have to like do it in a wave no oh, we do a wave now yeah yeah kyle like, star shout out shout out shout, 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 shout out just prep for you it can't steal it it's good i know you want to <laughs> i don't want to steal it you want to destroy it no we have to now we have to do a new thing we can't. Like, we I can't, think it's fun we, just we, saying we, shout well, out. This, this after was just, this was a uh, like a reverent shout out after every name, and I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, shout out. Okay, all right, all right, Kyle. I see what you're Greg doing. Greg the Dark Knight, Henry. Shout out. Shout out. I see what you're doing. All right, it's a call um, and response. I dig it. Back to the games. Break I. Out. <laughs> you got. He's got to break out. Oh, I'm sorry, Brandon. That's actually like the number one thing that I forget on the show. It's like the number one <laughs> mistake that I've made. I've had trapped. so many. I've had so many episodes where like I just move on and I forget. Well, the Kyle breakout. created a bit on the podcast where if he didn't close the bets after, he's like, "Oh, let me close it." Sometimes he would forget to do it, and then in one podcast afterwards, he was like, "You know, corrections. They pointed out that I forgot to do it, so the bets got loose." Mm-hmm. And then he forgot to do it again. And on the next one, he was like, oh, so what are, and I'm like, Kyle, the bets got loose. And I could tell he was like, oh, you're going to make me live up to that bit. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah. I am. You came up with the dumb clothes thing. And yep. so, uh, yeah, yep, yep, I yep. To, you make me cut this, this show. I'm going to call you out on it every time. There should be a thing where, and I just haven't thought of it yet, where if we don't break out, like, there's some sort of punishment or something. I haven't thought of it. Keep it in the back burner. I will. But yes. you saved my life. Yes. So you gotta, you can bring. I'm gonna out. save your life again because a massive star destroyer is coming at us, and I'm gonna grab that star destroyer out of the sky and crash Brandon, it to the earth. Do it Kay. again. Okay. This is hilarious. All right. Because <clears throat> he's got to turn. He's, he does it. Does the lightsaber upside down? The force. Of right. The, the Vader's right. apprentice. Star killer. Star killer. This is like uncanny that that is specifically what you wanted to do. Because one of the games that I'm talking about is Star Wars Force Unleashed. Yeah, baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so there are a one lot of the of, legends. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of Star Wars games that I've been playing, and I could talk about any of them. Really, they're they're all worth talking about. But the reason I want to talk about Star Wars: The Force Unleashed is kind of my tumultuous history with this game. I've tried to like Force Unleashed, like, forever. Like, there have been multiple times where I'm like, ah, I kind of want to play Force Unleashed, and I'll give it a try, and I'm just like, no, I can't stand this. And I think it was just I never got into a rhythm with how you manipulate the Force. It just, like, obviously there's a looseness to it because of what the system wants you to do, where it's like, hey, grab almost anything and fling it. Mm -hmm. But it just, like... The lack of precision was frustrating to me, and I don't I don't know why because I'm playing it now and like I love it. It's not great. I'm not gonna sit here. Yeah, and say, dude, like, that was a swimming in sevens back yes, in the day. But it is like a swimming in sevens that like it is like the chicken noodle soup of sevens. Mm-hmm. It was trending yesterday. What? Yeah, <laughs> it was trending because uh, Major Nelson said Re- reply to this and you'll get a free copy of Fallen Order or a free Xbox One or something. And he said uh, reply to this with your favorite Star Wars game and favorite Star Wars movie. 
and there was an alarming amount of Force Unleashed 2. Ew! Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people. Have you played Force Unleashed 2? I have played the demo for Force Unleashed 2. I never touched Force Unleashed 2 because people... Dude, so boring. I I, I am aware of this reaction. Shoved me to the floor when I even mentioned it. It was like, all right, whoa, okay. Okay, hey, okay. When Michael Huber tells you a game is awful... Don't play that game. That kind of makes me want to play it more. The, 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 uh, yeah, which is only, why I wanted to check it out. Two just games so I would know. I could think of that Huber's told me that in my life. One is Force Unleashed 2. The other is the Thief reboot. Uh, I was. It was on sale one time for $5. So, and so I was like, hey, Huber, box. is this worth it? And he goes, no. I was like, oh, my God. I, I would love Alarming. to revisit the Thief reboot, but I think Huber and I pretty much had the exact same response to it, and this was before we met each other. Like... I don't like one of the most boring games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Just like lacked any vitality to it. It was it was weird. Anyway, Force Unleashed. Um, I want to play Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed Two is only like five hours. Just play it, man. Even if it's terrible, just like, play it. Yeah, see what they Gabe, right. it's so, your time. <laughs> so Force Unleashed One, I I have this like newfound respect for it now mm-hmm. because like you have you have the Jedi Knight games that have their take on what the force is, how you use it in an action game, lightsaber combat, um, and the interplay between lightsaber combat and guns, and fantastic. Uh, And then you have things like Knights of the Republic, which are more RPGs, and now you've got Fallen Order, which is obviously taking cues from other games. But the Force Unleashed is so interesting because, like, yeah, you can use a lightsaber in that game, and it's useful. I'm not saying it's not useful, but the primary way you're interacting with everything and the way that you can do crazy damage and combos and stuff is by using the Force. And just the, like, it's, this game is so old. This game is, like, 11 years old, and it's still really impressive, the scale of destruction that you get. Like, they just went for it in a way that, like, even today, games do not go for it. Even in the opening level playing as Darth Vader on Kashyyyk and, like, mm-hmm. blowing apart those trees and everything. Like, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, the Force satisfying. is, like, out of control in that game, it I is, remember. It is out of control. I was like, good God, I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's really fun. Um, the levels are extremely linear, mm-hmm. but it works to the game's benefit because you just want these playgrounds where using your powers is fun and useful, and so you kind of need open but contained spaces for that to work. Uh, And they do a really good job of that. And the other thing that they do a really good job of uh, that I really didn't appreciate before is the upgrades that you can get are really useful. And I I wish they were more explicit about this. the, The system that they use could have been better, but they're like, hey, if you kill enemies more creatively, you'll get more experience, which will lead to more upgrades. I always think is a good idea. They don't really go into detail about how that works. They just have like names for it, like lightning grenade. And you're like, cool, how yeah. did, was that creative? Like you don't really get a good sense for it. Um, but the upgrades that you get are, can be extremely useful. So you can like have this lightning lightsaber that's really good. Um, you can get these different combos that are really good. Like the, the actual arsenal of things that you get is really useful. Um, and the boss fights so far have been better than I've expected. Like, there have been boss fights where it's like, oh, I need to use this thing in this way. Like, if I just try to match my way through it or abuse the force, like, it won't work. Like, the boss has 
defenses against that that make it work. And I really appreciate the story that they're trying to tell. With Vader's Apprentice... Mm -hmm. um, the story was my favorite thing. Secret yes. Apprentice. Actually, I was surprised, actually, by what they did. Uh, I was a little... I necessarily, like, bummed that they retconned it later, but I was like, they they got me. Yeah. I, I didn't think that was going to go somewhere. And um, I Spoilers. I don't want to get into the details of... Because sure. it was really near the end that... Uh, you hunt Jedi. Me. You do. Yes. <laughs> That's well, what you do. Okay, so I actually... Uh, this is for a long time. Like I said, like I tried to get into Force Unleashed before, and I always thought Star Killer was so lame. There was just something about him that rubbed like. me the wrong way. I, it felt like a character that was trying too hard. Um, but I haven't. I really don't feel that way anymore. Like I feel like my Deacon, my, dude. My yeah, opinion, I know. Hell yeah. My opinion has completely flipped. And Darth Maul, dude. Uh, where I I have like I don't again I don't think he's like this amazing character. Sure. But I have a new appreciation for him in a way that I didn't when I was younger. And in yeah, the past. it sounds like you're playing this game. You're like, oh, this is better than I expected. Yes, exactly. It is exactly that sensation. And it's the interaction. Some of the interactions between him and Vader, Brandon. I don't know if you remember, but they are hilarious because. Like the whole, you're you're hunting Jedi. You do it multiple times, and he's like, Darth Vader is like, you are you are gonna get obliterated. You are not strong. You are gonna die. If you make it back, great, you'll fulfill your destiny. But like, he's just such an asshole mm -hmm. to Star Killer. He's like, you are gonna die, and then you go, you destroy that Jedi. You come back, and he's like. Okay, they were nothing, and he like make fun of them. It's like that, those two, they were trash. This next one, you, now you're gonna die, mm -hmm. and it's just like this. And Starkill, all he wants to do is appease his master, and it's just a very funny um, thing. The droid uh, is pretty good. Proxy really wants to oh, kill Starkiller. Yeah, Proxy's weird because he really wants to kill Starkiller, and he like projects kind of turns into different people and so he'll like he'll look like Darth Vader uh, he'll give Starkiller a message and he'll be like oh and he'll turn back into gotcha. the droid oh interesting changeling yeah um, but it's it's just one of those games and I think maybe it's the time of year where like okay the year's winding down I'm getting into stars I'm just looking to have some fun and I think if you're in that mentality where it's just like yeah. I just want to like laugh at dudes ragdolling all over the place. If that is the state of mind that you're in, mm -hmm. I can recommend nice. Force Unleashed. Uh, we're going to do something on Frame Trip that we've never, I don't think we've ever done before. Oh, oh Huber might have. Keep me posted on when you play two. Yeah, uh, I keep me posted. Play two. I don't know if I'll go right from one into two. I might. We'll yeah, see. Uh, let me know. But let me know how it goes. Also, um, and this this almost never happens, but I uh, was actually playing the PC version of Force Unleashed, mm -hmm. which playing it through the Origin Access thing, and you get the Ultimate Sith Edition, which is nice because you get all the DLC. Oh, you get like the outfit, yeah. I remember that sick nice. outfit. Yeah, but it actually looks Good. much better playing it on the Xbox One X. So oh. I actually just restarted, Whoa. and I don't. On that version of the game, I don't have all the extra stuff, which is a bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. But I actually would say, in this specific instance, I much prefer playing it on the One X than Good the Xbox. Good reporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Xbox. It was funny because, in addition to it looking much better, the what was the driving force for restarting it is I was like, oh, you know, Abby and I, we just finished Fallen Order. We're kind of looking for a new game to play. I was like, oh, let's try Force Unleashed. And, like... I'm just sitting there, like, throwing dudes with the force and being like, ha, ha. 
And she's like, this is so boring. Like, I can't, <laughs> like the story's kind of cool, but like I can't keep watching, watching you do this. <laughs> uh, so it was really interesting. I have one more thing to talk about Kay. on this frame trap uh, as far as games go. But I feel like I've been talking a lot. The way that I've structured this podcast, this back half, has been kind of just me going on about things. So I'm going to call an audible. If either of you would like to throw in a wild card, like, Brandon, you were saying, you know, that hour of Super Metroid, anything that you got. Huh. Oh, dude, I'd love to hear Brandon talk about Super Metroid. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that. I'm just do saying it. as an example. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, well, it was funny. You, you brought up Galaxy of Heroes, you know, oh. earlier, and I was like, oh, God. No, do you want? We could we could talk about Galaxy of Heroes. Just why I love that game so much. Oh man, yes. I can't escape the game, dude. <laughs> it's at home. It's I know. haunting me at home now. It worked even Wait, more. What? It's haunting yes. you at home. Chris plays this game all the time, dude. Brandon, all the kinda, time. It kind of sucks you in. I've I know. Brought her into it, the Easy Allies like, Guild. It, I don't even know how it happened. I was just like, I'm into Star Wars. I'm gonna look for Star Wars games on the App Store. I know Brandon really likes Galaxy of Heroes. I download Galaxy of Heroes. And then now I'm just playing it all the time. It's because of the Why characters, it? man. Because it's like, I look at it, I'm like, oh, this looks dumb. And then she's got, like, all the rebel crew. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Zip? Well, it's that. <laughs> Tight. And she's got man, a chopper? I don't, I don't know if you agree with this, but, like, there's no... The classic fucking mobile thing. There's always, like, the, the carrot is always, like, right in front of your face. Oh, of course, yeah. You are always getting something and or for unlocking me, a new type of battle for or whatever. me. Uh, where I am right now uh, is the, the major carrot, the massive carrot. Actually, uh, the, the even carrot beyond that is Commander Anakin Skywalker. So there's like Jedi Anakin Skywalker, no little kid Anakin Skywalker. It's, it's funny that there's still like some major characters. No Mandalorian, blown away mm. if they didn't add him. Give it time. Um, but uh, he's like the one that even like the top, top guys in my guild are like, forget about it, man. That is ridiculous. It was ridiculous the stuff that you have yo, to do. Yo, to tell, get me, him. tell me about this guild. Tell me about these hardcore Galaxy yeah, Heroes let's players. It. Tell me about the guild. Well, it's full tough. guild. We actually, I full. mean, this is a funny story because I've never been a guild leader. I've never like taken a guild. I remember Huber started a guild for the Marvel, Marvel game one, and then yeah. bailed like two weeks later. Classic I played Huber. more of Marvel than he did. And I was like, oh, are we not playing? All right, I feel sorry for this guild. I wonder if they're still going. And shout out to my guild. I mean, anybody in my guild is is watching because it's tough. Some names I recognize. Does the guild have a name? Is it Easy Alice? Easy Alice, yeah. Okay. And some names I recognize and some people I'm like, I'm not even sure if you watch any of the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like our dis- our description is like like a, a relatively casual guild that raids often with a little love and respect. You yeah. know, so it's like, and we uh, we were locked now because I locked it so I could invite uh, Kristen. But um, there's a 50 cap, and we we got back up to 50, but we had a mass exodus at Easy Allies because we had a lot of really powerful guys in the guild that I didn't like, you know, shop for. I didn't go out there and try to scout these guys. Mm-hmm. We just, I think one, we got a, a heavy hitter and then his friends maybe came in and we're like, oh, these guys are cool. And then saw that there was a massive discrepancy between, you know, we had like, you know, about 10 really powerful guys and then just didn't really have like a super beefy, you know, guild because we didn't really, I think our major thing was if you haven't played in like, a month, you, sorry. Like we, we got to yeah, boot sure. you to make. To, I think that, that, that's standard. And it's not even to, to, to make room for people that yeah. we want to like do the really big important things, but to, just to make room for people that uh, uh, that want to play, they want to maybe you in the guild or people that reach yeah. out to me like on Twitter or something. And they're like, oh, I don't know, guild. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to get in it. Um, and so we have there's that like you know a bottom ten players that will come and go. Somebody will jump in and then leave five days later because they're just like, oh, I want to see if I can find a better guild. But uh, I do not. I don't start the raids. I don't like. I we have excellent officers. Shout out to my officers who like manage a lot of that stuff. Dude, is this 
Is Brandon like yeah. forming the empire? That's, That's awesome, what it sounds dude. like. <laughs> I don't do much. I just control everything. Yeah. We believe in centralized power. But one one dude took off and just a bunch of people left. Oh. I, think, I think left with him to go to another sure. guild. Start their own. Dude, Brandon, you are you're sitting here telling me about like Galaxy of Heroes drama, yeah. and it's amazing yeah. that this conversation exists. Because I've ne- I've just never experienced that before. I was yeah. n- I, n- I didn't you know even like uh, when I raided hardcore in Wrath of the Lich King, I was not the guild leader, right. and I missed plenty of attempts at raids. You know that we would do because it wasn't just oh we're gonna go do this one dungeon. It's like we did you know Olduar was like a month. You know mm-hmm. it was just nonstop yeah, it took a long two time. months. You know we just kept going back and back and back and slowly itching our way forward. So if like I missed something. I already did that boss fight five times. I'm not going to miss any like story beats. Or if you move on to the next boss, I'll see him the week after. Um, and so this is, it's interesting because there, there is difficulty to it and you can definitely recognize good versus bad players. But it's been fascinating to me to kind of mitigate my expectations of what, what I should get in this guild. Two of the, abs- three of actually the most sought out characters that like you apparently just need to get are all from KOTOR. It's uh, Dark Knight Revan and Light Revan, mm. and Bastila Shan has like this ability where she just like gives everybody defense and you just can't. If her and Jedi uh, Yoda are on the same team, for- forget it. Like I li- when I go through and cycle, like when I'm just doing like the arena, when I'm actually playing against other teams, not live, but like there's their established teams. If I see those two together, it's just like, forget it. Like there's no- So you don't have there's these no characters. Point. No, because- what I chose to do and how I've leveled up in that game and why I'm like satisfied with my progress is like I had a clear goal for how I wanted to play this game. And if I was to try to go get Revan, I would have to drop everything. I had to literally all like all my other teams would suck. But I got Revan. And I was like, no, I wanna I wanna have my Rebel team be really good. Not just the Red Bulls team of the mm-hmm. Phoenix squad, but like I have a team that's um, you know, Biggs, Wedge, Leia, Han, and Lando. And I love it, you know? And, like, yeah, I could maybe throw in another person on that team that's really good, but, like, I, I just love seeing the four of the five of them kick ass. And they uh, they all have guns, and so they're all, like, mostly just pew, 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 pew. It's like, I think uh, Biggs has one thing where, like, when he fires, like, all the rebels fire. Mm-hmm. Dude, one of the funniest things to watch is the clone troopers also have that. So I have, like, all the guys from Clone Wars. Oh, okay. And... When they the Geonosians have the same kind of ability, they added this Geonosian guy, so you can have like five Geonosians in a group now. And like when you do four time battle and hit auto battle, it just you can't when you turn up the sound effects, it's It's so funny Mm -hmm. because they all just when that guy attacks, everybody attacks, and then when that guy attacks, everybody attacks. So even when the Geonosians kick my ass, it's fun to watch. Uh, Brandon, I know that this is probably going to sound pedestrian to you at this point four years into galaxy of heroes but that's four a, years that's something that I, like in the it early just had the anniversary event which is why i know exactly like four in years in the early goings of galaxy of heroes something that i actually think is cool and was a smart decision is you start with light side battles yeah. but you unlock a bunch of characters and it's like well okay in this mode you can use whoever you want in light side battles, you can only use light side characters, and then in dark side, you can only use dark side characters, and you have to train them using these resources, and it's like, oh, well, what do I want? What am I yeah. trying to accomplish? And it's like, like, the battles themselves so far are not that complex, but I love yeah. making those decisions. Like, it's just enough to keep it interesting. And even now, knowing the complexity, I don't stress myself out a lot for a lot of these battles. Apologies you know, to my guild members. <laughs> like, I could, I, could, I could return higher numbers if I really like put in the effort. Because here I play this every day, 
It's like, man, I'm not going to do an hour of hardcore strategizing battles every mm-hmm. single day. Like, I will sign in. I will get those credits. I will get. I will contribute to my guild. It's you know, crazy we do raids. That I will sign up for them. Yeah. Like, but I like, just because I can't see that yet. I'll hear the strategy sometimes that they talk about, it, and it's like. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of like, stop, stop doing that. Like, uh, there's some tricks, like the Night Sisters are fun. Like, mm-hmm. there's old Daka. Like, and I saw Daka before I watched Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is she? And then when I got to that episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, Daka. <laughs> there was one, like, double, the, this gal with blades that's next to Daka in the Clone Wars that gets like two episodes. But I'm like, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. I remember when I saw Rogue One, I was like, Bastan, you know, and it's like, I, I only know him because he's in, you know, Galaxy of Heroes. Um, which is again why it's weird that they didn't kind of preempt Rise of Skywalker and, and Mandalorian and some of this other stuff. But there's one, there's a zombie, a Night Sister zombie that if you play Fallen Order, uh, you'll be familiar with that uh, when the Night Sister zombie dies, it comes right back. And at the at the beginning of every turn the Night Sister zombie has, it taunts. Zombie so you child. Can't, you cannot kill this thing. And Daka. When Daka heals, she'll heal the whole group and has a chance to just bring someone back. Mm. So Night Sister group is just like, die, damn you, mm-hmm. you know, and like, so you have to strategy, you have to have someone in that's like, stop, or you have to have like Obi, uh, Qui Gon has an ability that's like, no, you're not taunting anymore, and like uh, Obi Wan, the old Obi Wan has an ability where he does the mind trick, where he's like, you cannot do special abilities, stop, you can only do your basic attacks, and so like they have little bits like that. Uh, um, R2 has an ability where you pick one person and everyone else just vanishes. And so you can only target that one person. Uh, okay. so. Brandon, two things. First thing, I, you, you are geeking out right now. I love it. I know, I know you do. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like by talking about Galaxy of Heroes on this podcast, I have given you a Christmas gift. Like, here you go. He's been waiting four years to talk about I, this. No, I mean well, this. I, th- I, I, I thought about it even doing like an editorial on Cup of Jones. Yeah. And it's like... No, nobody's gonna watch that. <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. Uh, I, you're like your enthusiasm for it is infectious. Yeah. It's really fun to watch. The other thing, on a less gracious note, uh, that I got to call you up for. That was a subtle joint spoiler, and I'm not mad. But what you said about Fallen Order, I was like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, I, I wouldn't want to know that if I hadn't played that right, game. Sorry, right, sorry. It's a character. You, see, this is this is why you're brand manager. You don't even you got to think about that. You got to think about the old you right. snooze, you a lose. Twisted pleasure there. Uh, uh, one final thing. I will wrap it up. One final no, no, thing that I like though if, uh, is what I think they do really well in Galaxy of Heroes is, and I don't know if they do this. I know you play a lot of Fire Emblem, and so mm-hmm. I, I wonder how those two games intersect because it's the, a lot of the same thing. Characters yeah. I recognize, worlds clashing. You know, these two characters have never actually fought before, but it's neat to get them together. It's yeah. fu- it's fun to have like Darth Sidious and Darth Vader and Kylo Ren on the same team. You know, it's neat to have the Emperor and Sidious next to each other. It's I, I specifically like put Darth Maul and his brother from Clone Wars, mm-hmm. uh, Savage Opress, like on a team. Dude, I love Savage, your RPing sorry. of Galaxy of Heroes. And it's like these guys aren't dynamically don't really work well together, but it's yeah. like, I don't care. It's just fun to watch them fight. I think it's neat that the game. And like you, you mentioned Fire Emblem. You can compare extremely broad things about them, uh, but obviously Galaxy of Heroes. One, one crucial component is you don't have a map where you have to position or anything. Like right. you're just locked in battle. Um, but something that I do think is interesting, and I just don't have enough units to really explore yet. But I think is cool in terms of strategy is there are some abilities where it's like, hey, it'll do this thing, but if you have these other guys, it'll have this other effect. Yeah, and I lo- that is really cool. Like that's an interesting decision. Of of just 
team composition. Some characters have leader abilities and others don't. So if you put that in that first slot on a team, so like I have a, my strongest team is a Jedi team, uh, and Yoda's like the leader of that team. So like I like his leader ability that he gives everybody else. Uh, and even that is just fun to like have like Mace Windu and Old Ben like on the same team together. Um, uh, but w- what I really like is. They have a, they have events that'll come up where you'll get really nice bonuses, but only nice bonuses if you have specific types of players or specific types of teams. And so again, it's just matching your expectations. Like you don't have to get these bonuses. You don't have to play that event. You just skip it, whatever, move on. Like mm-hmm. there's plenty of that game that I skip on purpose, but it incentivizes you to invest in that team. You see the goal, you see the, the benefit of having a strong squad. They added Thrawn to the game and that event is the Phoenix squad. Ooh. You have to have, you gotta have all of them built up. Just don't and so say I went on, And there's six of them. So you can't have all of the Phoenix squad on the Phoenix squad team. You gotta make that call. And I like, I read a whole like thread on the official thing that basically said uh, Sabine versus uh, Chopper. It's basically, it's like, it's, you need everybody else. It's basically that call. Whether oh, you want him to tank or whether you want her abilities, Sabine's harder to farm and get, but Chopper's not that, you know, he's like, I, I, you know, I prefer Sabine. So I moved Chopper to my droid team, put Sabine on there. Uh, and it's just neat. Every time that Thrawn event comes up, it's like, damn it, I need, like I got, I unlocked Chewie, but I don't have him, like just classic Chewbacca, but I don't have him at the highest level because my right. bounty hunter team is eh, you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. I look at the squads, my whole list of how everybody's organized and it's like, what do I want to work on right now i do think that is something on on one hand it's it's kind of cool and appreciable on one hand it's like this feels insidious <laughs> where not only do you have a ridiculous number of characters but you have multiple versions of the characters and so you'll get a character and it's like that's not the version that's not the way that i prefer them yeah and that can i feel like that can be a little bit frustrating like it's yes. nice that they get different abilities and they, they can serve different purposes, but right. it can be frustrating. I think it's I think it's frustrating if it's like clearly the thing that everyone is going to do and that should be the best thing. Mm-hmm. Where like I have a really solid Empire team. You know, I got the Emperor as the leader and Vader and then the uh the the red Emperor Guard, who's actually a pretty decent tank, mm. uh, and then Moff Tarkin, and then like the guy from who's also in Last Crusade who blows up the shield generator in Hoff, and so he's like my fifth. It's like, okay, he's mm. not great. I'm not gonna put a ton of effort into him. But of all the Empire squads I fought against, it really gave me a hard time. That slot is Thrawn. Mm. They're like that you need Thrawn for him, and then he just cl- makes the whole thing click. You don't like need him, mm. and the Empire teams really don't. There's not a ton that you really like, you know, need them for to unlock new stuff. But it just—I like when those things come up where they're like, "Now, now you use Ewoks," and it's like, "Oh, my Ewoks team's actually pretty good." They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, fun! I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that event because I can do that." And literally for like half this year, I've been I've been building up both Bosk and Jango Fett to like finally make that bounty hunter team good, finally kick ass on that Chewbacca event. And one thing that they changed is a lot. Some of those events that used to be like seasonal things, mm-hmm. like you had to wait and you know for to you know to when it came back around to use your Ewoks to get C-3PO, uh, now a lot of those you can just do anytime you want, which was a nice give. Maybe, maybe the two of you can help me with this. Um, so Bosk, like, I, I, I am familiar with the character, but sometimes I'm surprised at the prominence given to him. Uh-huh. Like, like, he's a hero in Battlefront 2, and I'm like, really? Yeah, like, that, all those bounty hunters, I'm not, I'm not, like, necessarily against it, but does does Bosk have more relevance in extended universe stuff, or is he, he just gets, a character? He I'm gets sure, more. Sure he gets more shine in Clone stuff, Wars. Okay. Okay. So I just yeah. haven't gotten it. there. Yet. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Okay. But is he in it in like a good way? Yeah. Okay. All right. Like he's well, not the lead, but he's there. Okay. And like he's impactful. Well, we'll keep we'll keep going on keep, Clone Wars. Keep though. on trucking. We'll keep he's on trucking. He's a good tank. Yeah. <laughs> just a cool Dino Man. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he looks cool. Yeah, he looks awesome. Yeah. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I just was like, I just thought it was. I want to be Bosk and Battlefront. That sounds <laughs> sick. Apparently, Bosk. At least at one point was, was OP. Yeah, they probably nerfed him. Of all the characters, I'm tempted to play BB-8. Dude, BB-8 is a character. Yeah, it's so BB-8 next month. He's not in yet. He's oh, not in yet. dude, let's play it next month. I know. I have it, dude. Can we do just a it. really stupid like Battlefront Two stream? Where we just, dude, yeah, I'm in. I got it. Oh boy. Uh, you know who's like, I mean, it makes sense, but like, is so stupidly strong that when I'm playing on, like, like really, you gave him like all this stuff. Fucking Anakin Skywalker. Oh, sure. It's just a terror. The chosen Holy one. shit. <laughs> anyway. Too old. Moving too on. Old. Uh, last thing that I, I really want to touch on really quick. Um, don't have too much to say, but I, I thought it was cool. Um, and just, like, maybe another, like, hey, check this game out. It's great, especially right now. Uh, Path of Exile. So Path of Exile cool. uh, just launched out with a new, big new update, Conquerors of the Atlas. Um, and I can't really speak about a large chunk of Conquerors of the Atlas because it's in-game stuff and I'm not there yet. But Is this the final patch before 2? No. Okay. No. Um, but every three months, they have a new league, and the, this new league is called the Metamorph League, and I think you guys would what? get uh, a kick out of this. I, I'm actually appreciating it more from like a character perspective um, and just an idea perspective. It's pretty twisted and fun and cool. Like It's not doesn't feel like that crazy um, from a mechanical perspective, but the idea of it is fun. So you meet this guy, and he's in this suit, and he's just like, we need to, f- he, his lore is like pretty fun. He's like, we need to figure out the essence of being. Like, what makes us us? And he's like, you know, I, I think there's something like dark and twisted under there. And also, like, I came from this like abusive master who was, would lead me around and in public would be really nice, but in private he'd be really dark. And so like I'm convinced that like the essence of all living things is pretty messed up. So what I'm gonna have you do, adventurer, is I'm gonna have you go and you will fight these monsters. And special special monsters will be marked on your mini-map. And if you kill them, you'll get a body part. So it'll be like an eye or lungs or brain or whatever. And it'll have this vat. And what you can do is you you will pick from all these body parts that you've collected, and you have to pick five body parts, and you have to assemble a creature. And that's just a cool idea out yeah, the yeah, gate. Yeah, that is cool. It's just a cool like idea, but what's Simon's Quest <laughs> is, is different body parts that you pick will add different modifiers. So it's like, well, if you give him this, he will be undead. Or if you give him this, he'll do it's, cold attacks. Don't call me mom, honestly. Yeah, yeah, or he'll have, like, charge or whatever. Um, but then it's there, you'll get things where it's like, hey, if you put this thing in, like, it'll be harder, but you'll get additional, you know, items or currency or something. And so you're like, oh, cool. And so you can just, like, try to make it as difficult as you want, and you can see, like, on the side, like, this is how much damage it'll do. And then it's fun because you'll, you'll just throw all these body parts in, and you're like, I don't know what's going to come out. Um, and even early on in the campaign, it's like, okay, I'm just doing this league. I've got this fresh character. I'm not very far yet. It's still this exciting new element where it's like, okay, I'm doing this. I don't know what's going to come out of this vat. I don't know what kind of attacks they're going to do. And so it's it's this nice, unpredictable element. It's, it's similar to other league things that they've done in the past on a most basic level. But it's still fun. I think the lore behind it is fun. It's cool, like, early on doing these fights and then killing them and being like, wow, you dropped really good stuff. 
it's just another addition that adds variance and I think some excitement in a game that has been doing that for like six years. And it's cool. It's just like completely free. Like you can just go and have an experience that a lot of people are having for free, make a league character, have fun. Uh, yeah, it's just awesome. I just really like cool. it. I think they did a good job. Right on. Um, How long does it take to to like get up to that level if I'm just jumping in and like I haven't played any of that? So that that's something that I actually really like. Not just with this new metamorph stuff, but like a lot of stuff that they've added in the past. It does not take long to get to it. It's not immediate. It's yeah. not like you're getting it right off the bat. But a lot of the stuff that they've added in the game, not everything, um, you get pretty quickly. And so it's not like, oh, I have to get to level 60 to experience all this stuff. Like the beast hunting stuff, the silver coin stuff, the metamorph stuff, the deviling stuff. Like you get it at a pretty even clip, especially with this metamorph stuff. Like you run into this guy pretty quickly. And cool. so like within an hour, I, you can get to him, cool. I think. Uh, something like that. It does not take very long at all. So I like that. The other thing that I think is really cool is, and it was just, again, we're talking about like usability and making things easily accessible, is he will just pop up when you have enough stuff to make something. Like you'll be adventuring along and like you don't even have to think about it. It's just like, oh, he popped up. I guess I have enough stuff and then you just do it. And so there's this smooth. So you can just make, it. make it wherever? Yeah, you just make it wherever. And he's cool. like, he's in town and stuff, but he will just appear. Hey. And be like, <laughs> hey, man, you want to make a weird creature? And then there's also a button that you just have on your HUD to summon him. Cool. Like whenever you want. And so it's, it, I think that is really the key Accessible. about this Metamorph League stuff is it's just right there. Um, the thing I don't like about Path of Exile, and it's really a compliment, is like, it's just so easy to get sucked in. Yeah. Like, You're oh, just still playing. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, scared, like, so I'm scared of Warframe. Yeah. Every time they have a new Warframe trailer, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no Warframe, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't had Warframe completely suck me into the abyss yet, but every time I, like, it's really fun. Yeah. Brandon, if you it play looks, Warframe, let me know. It looks super, super fun. Also play Path of Exile. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, even with uh, Battlefront 2, which we didn't talk about, but I've been playing that a little bit, and it's like, holy shit, like this game is completely transformed. Yeah. Dude, I, I, uh, we, <laughs> Blood and I both checked out Stadia just to talk about it after like checking it out for a week. And I uh, we were like, was like, you play, I'll play that. I'll, I already played Red Dead. I'm like, I'll do online. And he was like, you play Destiny. I don't know. Blood just like, handed Destiny 2 off. So I like booted up Destiny, and like that first new light piece I got was like, oh, oh damn. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, right. no, right. but yes, also. It's like a skeletal hand like coming out of the ground and grabbing you, <laughs> which is its own bag of tricks that we can yeah. get into, but I do think it's cool that I can get on here, and like I had, I talked about Path of Exile before, but I get on here, and it's like, here's yeah. all of this brand new stuff in this yeah. game. I, I, and I, I don't know, I like that. Before you move on to questions, Ben, I just want to say, you're, you're absolutely right. I apologize. I'm on, a, I'm on a Star Wars high right now. I feel free to, to bleep that, that spoiler that I made earlier. Feel oh. free to just Brandon, it's not just that, ask that big of a deal. Okay. I just I just but if you just, but if you dip you're in the edit and you feel about it later and you all yeah. of a sudden I get quieter and you're like, what the hell was that? What did, what did, why did that happen to Jones? I give yeah. you full I give you I, I give you the force powers to silence me. I don't think once. it's that big of a deal. I don't I don't think I it's that big of a deal. I clearly don't because I said yeah. it, but I, I was I just, just I just get excited. I was just and giving you shit, Brandon. And especially too, if you <laughs> if you uh just are unfamiliar with some of these other things, you know, like Galaxy Fears might kind of point you in that direction and be like, well, what was that character from? It's like, yeah. oh, well, that's a, I actually, yeah. That's I, a Rebels guy. 
I really like this that. Thrawn. Who's that? Like, maybe you should play Tie Fighter. And I, I have to say, like, <laughs> this is something where it's like, I know I'm being played. I know this is like oh yeah, the, whole... the mobile baby. No, no, yeah, I know this is the whole part of their grand ha- plan, and that they have me right where I want them. But that is actually something that I'm appreciating about Star Wars. Is I'll like I'll have these questions. I'll be like. I wonder if there's more information on this. And they'll be like, oh, there's yes, a whole book on there it. there is. And that's exactly what they want. <clears throat> yeah. And it's it's kind of evil. Ben, I didn't tell you. I told us to Jones. Fortnite finally got me. Because of Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. I Fortnite bought, got you. I bought Kylo Ren. You bought him? Yeah. How, much, how much was I it? I didn't even buy Batman, dude. <laughs> uh, well, you can only... So, I hate Fortnite because you can... You have to, like, buy the tokens, like, for... Yeah, you get yeah, this yeah. amount. Right, I couldn't right. just buy it right out. So, yeah. I... I spent twenty five because I was like, dude, I can get like two skins at least. Though, mm-hmm. okay. I was like, I've been waiting Did years. The Sith Trooper or Ray? I I'll probably get the Sith Trooper because Kristen got Ray, so I'll probably get the Sith Trooper. Go. Yeah, boom. But it's just like, man, I haven't bought a skin in Fortnite ever. Like, yeah, I've been waiting that. for the right one, and it finally came. I was like, well, here we go. They finally got me. You sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man, because I I really like Kylo Ren a lot, so I yeah. I get it. Also. I kind of want to check out this new Star Wars stuff in Fortnite, so if you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do some drops. We can drop. Uh, but you were speaking about stuff that is unfamiliar to you. Mm. I think the thing that is most unfamiliar to me... Is it? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Today, we are talking about 2020. And oh, my God. It, it's it's really go. easy to Let's make... Hotake is about next gen and 2020 because they're both crazy. And I know we've already done that already. But when I actually was writing out this Hotake and literally listing things out, I was like, oh, next year is more insane than even I had realized. Like when I had it all collected mm-hmm. and staring at it at once, I was blown away. And uh, I thought we would have some fun. This is like a pre holiday episode of Frame Trap. So we're going to have some fun. It's going to be more lighthearted. It's not going to be like rah rah. Raise your pitchforks, Otake. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some of the biggest games of next year. We're not going to talk about everything. So just know that going in. Yeah. I, I know that we didn't talk about X, Y, or Z. Yeah. It was intentional. Um, we're going to talk about some of the biggest games next year, and I broke them down into three categories. Oh, cool. I want to talk, and you know, some of these are going to be brief. Some of these might be a little bit more contentious, but I want to know what you think the critical response is. You don't have to name like a Metacritic score or whatever, but just in general, mm. what you think the critical response will be, what you think the audience response will be or fan response, and then if it will have an impact on the end of the year and if it will be remembered, if it will have a presence mm. by and large in a general sense uh, for game of the year. Ah, oh. And it doesn't just have to be ours, but, you know, taken cool. other other outlets as well. So we're going to start. Uh, I might bounce around because we have a lot of heavy hitters up front. Um, but I'm going to start with an obvious heavy hitter. I'm going to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Critically, how do you think this game is going to be received, especially with the legacy? Good. Oh, yeah. Good. I'll see, like, I'm going to throw a Metacritic thing, 80s. Somewhere in the 80s. You, so you don't think it's going to break that 90 threshold? No. Brandon, do you agree with that? Sure. Uh, because I think the number one critique you're going to see is it ended too soon. Yeah. It was frustrating to well, that's, the that's first was, game. It was frustrating was, to play why what, is it what in my head is this massive story. And even for newcomers, is clearly this massive story. And mm-hmm. then just boom to have it stop. Because I think you you kind of anticipate that with Telltale, Life is Strange, you know, these other games that are episodic, because they'll have, you know, we we wrote this story to be in these segments where they kind of had to change the story mm-hmm. to just suddenly stop. 
Right. Um, you, 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 you get to a glimpse of this beautiful open world that you want to go, you know, or just this world that you want to go mm-hmm. see. And now, nah, wait a couple years. Do you also think, and I mean, <laughs> not to bring up Star Wars again, but I do think that part of the difficulty of Star Wars in doing the sequel trilogy is like with taking old characters, a lot of the audience is like, wait a minute, like they're not like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that could happen with Final Fantasy VII Remake where you see some of these characters and it's like, ah, they, they, they're you not like that? You can speak to that more than I can, I think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like in the old game, was like, a lot of it was up to your imagination just based on the tech and like the writing of it. I think you'll get a much more clear idea of the character themselves. Like, even the brief that they showed of like Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge, like the, like the most character they've ever had. You can get that vibe right. from them. But it felt right. Yeah, because I've seen like the behind the closed doors demos where it's just them talking. I get a much greater sense of what kind of character they are compared to they used to be. Like, even Cloud, I feel like in that new trailer they show them, they show like a little smirk on his face. Like, that's a little more Cloud than we got to see in the original. Sure. And it is like, it's a reimagining of the original. So I think it's a little more flexible. Instead of having like building off. Like, what's there and continuing what was there, but, like, they're taking inspiration from what was there but adding their own twist to it. Um, yeah. Do you think Final Fantasy VII Remake will be a significant presence when it comes to end-of-the-year end discussions? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I do. Um, the only... And this is, again, this is just, like, off-the-cuff speculation. This 2020 has so much going on yeah. that I think... I, I feel like this is kind of happening with Resident Evil 2, where because it is a remake, it is maybe not being given a, a, as, as much, much attention value as, as mm-hmm. fully original things. I could maybe see that happening. The only thing I would say is, like, to me, this is, like, seen as a bigger deal. No, Not Slide RE2 at all, but, like, sure. just the buildup of this game well, there's been, there's and the anticipation, anticipation of it. And the other yeah. thing, too, right. and this is just Good how point. I perceive your, 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 your categories, is not necessarily the game of the year, but it's, right. like, best soundtrack. I see this coming at hard. Right. Uh, uh, best role-playing game. Mm-hmm. You know, look out. Right. right. It's not fighting to, to be part of the conversation, I guess, is, yeah. is a way to interpret that category. All right. Uh, so let's... Bounce around to one that that maybe doesn't have the same heat behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dying Light Two. Ah, it'll be really think, solid. What do you think the the critical response will be? Um, positive. Yeah, I, th- I think people will be satisfied with it. Um, I think this is. I can see a lot of like eights. Sure. Uh, I yeah. I think this will be. Um, Interesting because there's a lot of decisions, you know, that you have to make. The Mm -hmm. world is going to change a lot more. That was kind of one of the things. The world is not something I fell in love with with the first Dying Light. Right. Um, And it's just, I always get excited when you have a developer that made something and then it's like, okay, wait. We learned so much from that, and we really want to. We really want to come yeah. at this. It's showing up right at the end of the generation, and so they've had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that uh, demoed very well both times that I saw it at E3. So I think it's just going to be like a solid game. I could see the story being very stupid. I could see uh, sure. it getting repetitive a little bit. Um, I could see. Uh, um, yeah, just those two things. You know, I could just see you being presented with decisions yeah. that you're like, I'm excited to make that building blue more than I am to help whoever these weirdo people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could just see you just like, God, the 20th time I got to ride down this pole to get over to this thing. Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon, I can see why you said all of those things. I do think Chris Avalon working on the project gives me hope for mm-hmm. the story that it that it will not be stupid. And I, I agree with a lot of what you said. 
uh, and I, Brett, I agree with the, the your kind of like eight response there with the critical response. I think this is a game that's going to catch a lot of people off guard. And I do get that sense with Dying Light 2 where it's like we learned so much. So we're going to take that foundation that we built and really just yeah. go nuts mm-hmm. in ways that I think I think people are going to care about it more than they expect to. I'm oh, yeah. heavily anticipating yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a dark horse. I love first-person, you know, exploration, zombie survival. Like, I, even like Dead Island. Like, I loved Dead Island. You know, uh, played it, you know, critically is a different conversation, but just, like, devoured that game. Yeah. You know, DLCs, like, love Dead Island was it. fun. Yeah. It was janky as hell. Uh, and but that was think, part of its charm. Yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, yeah, customizing the weapons and, and yeah. yeah. Loved yeah. it. Um... Do you think it will have any impact in the end of the year? I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised too. Not necessarily. It's not even like a comment on its quality, mm-hmm. right? But rather, like, <laughs> it's just too much. There's too much. Well, stuff. I think Resident Evil uh, is got a lot of cred this year because people love Resident Evil, not because people are like, yeah, another zombie game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. Like, I just think it's un- unfortunately that kind of cursed a little bit because uh, people are getting a little sick of that. Even Walking Dead is just you know bleeding viewers. Yeah. So. Cyberpunk 2077. Ding, 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 ding. Gonna be big. Yeah. Gonna be everything. Big. Yes to all your questions. Yeah. So, I, I I mean, when you say that, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be yes to all those questions. Everything that we've seen, like, I I do think slash hope that this game will be something special. Mm-hmm. I do believe that there will be some, much much kind of like there was with, like, Witcher 3, a lot of people are looking at it now as like, oh, this is one of the greatest games of all time. And I, I think in a lot of ways, this is really so. Witcher 3 is very special, but it had a rough launch. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening with Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077. For sure. Where they need to go and clean some stuff up just because it is so ambitious. Just because you can Especially because so it's on current gen yeah. hardware. I, I just see criticism. There will be some things to clean up. Uh, mm-hmm. About the story, because we, uh, Geralt is such a strong protagonist. Right. It's so clearly defined narratively and by the previous games. Um, has this clear backstory, even like when I was making relationship decisions in Wisher 3, where it was just like, hey, you want to get together? And I was like, we have a past together, don't we? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know, you know, because I didn't right. play the earlier games. And so, but I, I enjoyed, I could tell, mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, like that, uh, I, I could feel the the lore there that I'm just, you know, I just happened to be missing out on, whereas you are creating your own character. So I could feel a lot of, um, uh, that to me, Far Cry 5, that was one of the things that was kind of, there was like, hey, deputy. And I'm like, who, who am I? I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm literally a, an orb that holds a gun. I don't really feel like I'm a character in this world or I have relationships with people. And I wonder if people can feel a little detached from it. Hmm. Uh, and I've, I also feels like one of those games where a lot of people are going to ask, what's this game trying to say? You know, like yeah. that, that it's it's that it it's I feel like the wor- that city is more of a character than you. And so I wonder if it's going to make take some weird political stances mm. or if people are going to make decisions that kind of point them or, or 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 pull them in one direction that they're just like, I actually finished that game and I didn't like what they had to say. Yeah. Like what what is it? One class is like businessman or something. Or yeah, something like that. that hello. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds the, fun. The moment I saw they announced that, I was like. I will be picking that. And so right. I'm expecting it to just be a meet, you know, all sorts of terrible people and have to make all sorts of yeah. horrible decisions. It's going to be a bad world. Bankrupt businesses and just, you know, poverty all over the place. And I'm just going to, that's what I love about video games because I can explore that without feeling guilty too much right. about those things. And I want to see how depraved I can possibly get, <laughs> you know, and, right. and, and just kind of exercise that and just get all of that, you know, nasty vibes, you know, off my chest. I'm, I'm slightly. I wouldn't say I don't worried is too strong of a word, but for lack of a better word, worried about the hot takes, like not because games shouldn't be taken to task for 
awful messages. But sometimes I, I, I think just like sometimes, especially with the way things are right now with Twitter and everything, sometimes it's just like people are so quick to pull the trigger mm-hmm. right. that it's like, wait a minute, like I see why you pulled the trigger. Right. And you know, if taken at face value, that is really concerning, like all that stuff. But it's just like sometimes those quick fires really do miss the context and are not as fully formed as they could or should be. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, what you're saying, I get it, but it's missing all of this other stuff. Of course. It's so dense. Open ended RPG like Imagine that. taking a screenshot with the subtitles on of one character saying something and then you just take that and post it on Twitter and everyone's like, That character said what? And it's right. like you are that's a oh come on. Like, right, right, right. That's an eight hour campaign that gets to that point. And I murdered the guy after he said that. You know? Right. So it's like, yes, that's a horrible thing, but you need to have you can't you can't just make a bad person horrible because they kill people. You know, right. it's like you can't, you know. Yeah. There, there, there has to be depths, especially in this world. It's all about business and trading and, and right. you know, body modification. And, you know, like they're, they're, they're dabbling in stuff that it's easy to feel distant from the world of The Witcher and just be like, whoa, don't want to live there. Or like Westeros or just other fantasy worlds right. that we're used to. Even something like Handmaid's Tale is kind of like, whoa. But like this is just a little, a little closer to home, I think, in yeah. terms of uh, sure. just kind of scratching the surface of things that we are talking about. And also kind of having a trailer thing where it's like, hey, get on a motorcycle and shoot a gun, whatever. It's like, well, is it, which one is it? Right. Are you, are you making a statement? Are you trying to tell us how you want the future to be? Or is this just this, like, a true dystopia of, like, oh, boy. Right. And it, it – I, I think that's going to be kind of the first thing to figure out is it's like, is there a statement here? Or is it, like, what statement do you want to make? That's the vibe I'm, gonna get, I'm getting right. from it. Right. It's going to be kind of like – yeah. But that's also kind of good. If I was a CD project, I'd be like, we kind of want that a little bit. Like sure. we want, we want this to shake people up. Mm-hmm. We want people to kind of question yeah. the future. I think this game's gonna have, like has mass appeal too, so Absolutely. people will be talking about it for a long time. I mean, it's it's crazy to me that the reaction to Keanu Reeves is like, yeah. Our highest or one of our highest performing videos, like one over a million. We only got a couple mills. And yeah, that's uh, that's that's, that's a mill. Yeah. What is our other mill? Is it? I don't. I don't remember. Okay, offhand. There was like all reactions. <laughs> As you can see, we don't do things for the views. We're just like, oh, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, another game I want to talk about: Marvel's Avengers. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know a lot about this game. Um, I keep coming back to the fact that these are the people that made Tomb Raider, and yeah. I loved that first Tomb Raider, and I was, you know, loved the progression, loved the like, some of the writing, loved the isolation, how I felt, you know, loved the love, just kicking a person's ass in that game, uh, and was surprised. Like when that was over, I was like, "Whoa, that was that was nail biting in parts. That was really, you know, something." Yeah, and it wasn't because I was, oh, Lara Croft is, you know. I, I hope they get back to the truest parts of her story. Like, she's a fascinating character and a, a heroine and someone who should be treated with reverence in this industry. But, like, I wasn't calling upon my Tomb Raider 3 lore. It was just like, no, I just, I like bow and arrows. I like adventure games. I'm, I'm curious what this is going to deliver. And I just think did well, it surprised me with tech, surprised me with doing things the way other games had, but doing it in just a very refined, fun, AAA way. And so it's like, ooh, this game did not do well coming out of the gate, but... And I'll give it the benefit of the doubt because I think just doing Avengers anything right now is a near impossible task. Sure. Um, I think if you were to watch some Avengers animated direct-to-DVD thing, you would be like, oh, that was fun. You would be like, they look stupid because your expectations are like a lot lower. Mm-hmm. Where this game was just teased for so long and then had this <gasps> big coming out. And everyone's like, they look so stupid. After and so like, many well, like comic were, book yeah. games that have been great too. Like Batman, so, Spider-Man. Yeah. 
Brandon, that statement that you said, I had to digest it a little bit. You were like, Laura Croft is a fascinating character. And I was like, hmm, is, is, like, I like Laura Croft. I think she's a cool character. I would even go as far as to say she's a good character, but is Laura Croft a fascinating character? I'm not sure. Not to me. I'd have to, uh, like, I think you can make she's a fine. case. I, I yeah, really sure. do. I think you can make a case for it, but I'm not, I'm not sure on that one. Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know how to feel about this game, dude. Uh, th- that initial response was so rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I do think Crystal Dynamics is very talented, and I think they could surprise people. And it just seems like the, them saying all the DLC characters are free is like, oh, this is mm-hmm. they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of characters in this. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna I, it feels like they're gonna push this hard. They're just being so dumb about how they're selling it. <laughs> you know, just the, the, we should have way more information at this point. Right. That that announcement should have been you know saying that Captain America's dead was just such a dumb thing like of course he's not and what are well, you know like having like you know banner and you know iron man argue just like i don't know there's just nothing really unique here that you know to grasp it's, onto it's, we're not at that marvel girl phase. was finally oh here we go you know like and now it now it's now now it's getting somewhere but what now i want to say excited about something new something fresh something that f- more feels like phase four this 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 whole sensation that you're describing brandon with uh Avengers, and I think you're doing a great job with it. That is exactly how I felt about Fallen Order. And I love that game. Right. Yeah. I love it a lot, yeah. and I didn't until I played it. And yeah. so I, I think with that in mind, I think going into 2020, obviously there are things that I cannot wait for. But in a way, I'm kind of looking forward to Marvel's Avengers the most just because it, it is the unknown for me. Mm-hmm. Like It could really go either way. I'm curious. Yes, I'm very curious. Doom Eternal. And it will not win awards at all. Marvel? It'll, yeah, it might it might be nominated for like one of the voice actors, but yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, know. I think that you're right. That game's not winning awards. I think you're right. Doom Eternal. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I think this one is extremely obvious, but I thought of something, and I want to get your your take on it. I I think Doom Eternal is going to be incredibly well received. I have almost no oh, doubts about. Oh yeah. That. But I was thinking, is Doom one of those series, especially now it, after Doom 2016? At this point, like, is it alienating in the sense that you're either in or out? Like, and it, that does not speak to its quality at all. It yeah, even I hear touch what you it. mean. Yeah, but like, is Doom kind of one of those things where you already know if you're going to play and enjoy it or not? Like, right. kind are, of. are there are there people out there that are like, man, this really doesn't seem for me. Like, is Doom at a position where it's hard to get new people in? Uh, I think Doom of... 2016 was the point to get new people in. Right, exactly. And like now you know what you're getting. Right. Like, it's going to be great, but I know what I'm getting into. Right, exactly. And so I, I completely agree with you, Brad. So I think Doom Eternal are like, I'd be curious. Let me know, dear audience. Like, is are you outside of the Doom bubble? And does it yeah. seem like it arms reach to you in a way? I'd and that curious. seems like kind of the sacrifice of a game like Doom and right. other things where it's like they should be as true as they possibly can to Doom. Be as true as they can to 2016. Be true to themselves Absolutely. in making this, but it, it's a weakness at the same time because right. they are catering to specific people that like. It's like a really good restaurant, you know. Yeah. It's just like, oh my god, that sushi is so good. Well, I don't like sushi. You're like, well, but, <laughs> but know, like, yeah. Then yeah, you won't like that restaurant. But damn, you should. Oh, it's so good. But that is exactly <laughs> the approach that you want them to take. You don't want them to do this bland, uh, trying to appeal to yeah. the biggest possible market. Mm-hmm. Like you want oh, yeah. them to send the message that they're sending. I think they're doing a great job of it. But I, I always think that's interesting. Like, I love hearing from the people that are like, yeah, this isn't, I can't, I feel a distance from it. I love hearing from those people. 
All right, let's do another maybe more contentious one. <laughs> Bleeding Edge. Do you even do you remember what Bleeding Edge is? Yes. This is the Ninja Theory game, right? Yes. Yeah. The multiplayer game. Uh-huh. I don't know like really know anything about this game. It's like a first person, is it first no, or third? Third. You pl- it's third like person mm-hmm. hero action. Yes. Yeah, okay. Kind of. Yes. This game needed to launch the, the way Apex Legends did. <laughs> Just boom. This Out. game needs a second announcement. <laughs> yeah. This game needs to to start over. Unfortunately, because mm. it got leaked and and uh I think man, in this in this industry, in this gen, one of the hardest damn things you I think you can do is create a game based on how much you like our cast. <laughs> you know, to make a game like Apex, to make a game like uh um not Borderlands, but uh what Battleborn? Yeah, Battleborn. Uh you know, uh even um uh, Overwatch 2, I think is it's it's, it can't just be Overwatch 2. You did, it mm-hmm. has to be something special about it, you know, especially like if you, it's kind of a Doom situation, especially if you want other people who have never played Overwatch to come in and check it out. Right. Um, and this has, I think this is completely reliant on just how damn fun it is. I think that's like the, the only information right. that we don't have that we need. Doesn't, I don't care what the story is. I don't care what the characters are. I don't care what their abilities are. I don't care how good it looks. I need to see a streamer having a blast with it, or I need to read reviews that are just off the charts. Mm. Um, or 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 numbers of I, of uh, people watching the streams or playing the game that exceeded expectations. I do think you're right. Like some sort of of buzz would be really important because if it is reliant on fun, it's not easily accessible in a way that an Apex Legends is, where it's like, oh, I can just like easily go and download it right now and play it and talk to all my friends about it and get them on board and have it make sense. You don't have that, and so I agree. It needs a second announcement. Uh, or it needs to sell the characters in a way that it hasn't. Make you want to get invested in them? Of course, I'm partially responsible for this. It's like I'm not following up. I'm not looking for information. But when it is showing up at these big events, like E3, it's like, I don't remember any of your characters. Mm -hmm. That's not a good thing. One of the gals is a motorcycle. That's all. She's got like a big wheel on her. That's all I remember. (laughs) I think another guy's got a hook. That's Mm. (laughs) I'm saying this in almost like a... I feel for it way, but I think it. I think it has a tough road. Me too. Ahead of me it. too. Hope it does good though. Halo Infinite. <laughs> uh boy, question. Just a massive big. Yeah, green, I don't know. Just a big about green this game. question mark. I don't know what this game is gonna be like. Like Halo is always like a big thing in name, at least. And it seems like they've been gone for a while. Like really, they got to do something different with this. I just feel like Halo needs something different. Because I think five people are just like, whatever. Even at, like four people are just like, eh. I agree. And I, I'm even seeing that with Gears 5 in a way. And it's very strange because the people that 100%. played Gears 5 are like, this is great. Like, yeah. this this is a good, yeah. a good-ass game. But I think Gears 5 is also, at the same time, struggling to win people back over mm-hmm. and, and excite it them. It is. And be like, this is different in a way. Um and so, yeah, I agree. I think that's what Halo Infinite needs to do, for sure. The story didn't necessarily do it for me. You know, the last trailer, introducing yeah. this new character and, and just being like, oh, here's Master Chief, and yeah. he's having a rough go. And it's like, that's the that's every Halo trailer, man. Like, that's every, you know, it's like it's like almost the, 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 the depth of his character needs to be defined by how many scratches he has on his armor, and right. uh, you know, or like these, these incredible shows of strength or... You know, just how tough the bosses he's going up against. And it's like, when we first saw this game, he showed a big-ass world. I 
you showed a warthog driving away, and the camera was very far away from that warthog. And so it's like, are we is that what the infinite means? Is yeah. it just a big open world that we can run around, or is it multiplayer in a way that you haven't done before? Um, is it destiny? It's like, what are you? What's going on? Uh, and so I think that I feel like that intentionally we don't know that, I didn't that even that's going to be the next coming like out. Destiny. Whoa. They need a they need a Whoa. gigantic hour long event where they don't sit on couches. They play it the whole time. Yeah. And you just get by the end of that, you're like. Well, you know, like the, that, that podcast the week after, it takes 45 minutes for us to even yeah. cover it. It's just like, damn, they showed a lot of stuff. But if they do a little piecemeal here and here, here no one's going to care. Yeah. No one's going to remember it. You know, Brandon, I, I completely agree. I think the next time that we see Halo Infinite, it needs to be big and people need to be able to be like, here is what this is. Yeah. Here are the details. But no rush. You well, know? kind of a rush. I mean, if it's launching... With their next a rush, in, rush in terms of its launch date, but not in terms of like it's been so long since we saw it. We all just kind of just dropped it. You know, it's like unless you're a giant Halo fan, like I, well, I'll, I'll pick up that fandom back again when they announce that they're going to make that thing. Like, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, I agree. But, but I, Halo has the luxury of doing that, where it, yeah, like, you know. But now, now that we know the Series X, now that we've seen that baby, it's like okay, well. All the all the ducks are in a row for you to tell us. You know, now that we've you know potentially seen stuff maybe in engine on that console, or you're really saying like this this way till you see games that are running on this. I think the Series X is kind of making the right decisions. Where I like I was thinking about it this morning, and I was like, I think Hellblade Two is kind of the perfect thing to do at the Game Awards with the way that they un- unveiled Series X, where it's like. The people that are probably watching this show are probably the same type of people that would have played a game like Hellblade anyway, and that trailer was pretty grabbing, but yeah. obviously Hellblade isn't this huge game, and so it was like the right scale. It won a game award. The actor who won that game award was in the trailer. You yeah. know, Phil is known for making a you know a, a you know making waves at the game awards themselves, like the infamous appearances that he's made. But there's also still this huge window to have that event yeah. where it's like, hey, we played Halo Infinite on Series X. It blew up. Like, I don't know. The pieces are in place. I hope. I hope they're able to to stick it. Got to play that first Hellblade. We could do this for like another hour. So I obviously there's going to be a ton of things that I've skipped over. A ton of things that I really care about. I can a lot. see them. You've got you a big see, and yeah, you're you actually I love that you're just kind of scrolling through based on the conversations that we're having. Yeah. Um and so let, I'm leaving a lot on the table like Half-Life Alex, Resident Evil 3 remake, Brave Little Fall 2, No More Heroes 3. There's, there's a lot of things here that we could talk about. Deadly Premonition 2, Ori and the Will of the Wisp. A lot of conversations we could have. The last one that I'm going to do. Animal Crossing. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do Animal Crossing? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. I, really, I honestly don't. I okay. was, you just scrolled and it was right at the top of the list and then you scrolled it away. Yeah. <laughs> well, I. Because it's not an interesting conversation. To be honest, it could it's not. be. Okay. No, it's All right. Not. It's All right. Not. Especially with your criteria. It's not going to win awards. It's not going to be. You want to talk about Doom Eternal? That's damn. You're a good player. You're not. It's not. Let's talk about Ghost of Tsushima then. Yeah, that's. Mm. I actually, when you when you brought this whole thing up, for some reason, that's the game that floated to my mind. Yeah, because I, I feel like there's there's both a lot to talk about and not at all, which is what makes it interesting. We've seen a lot of it, and yet I don't know how this game plays really. Right. I don't know who I'm. Do I get quests from people, or do I mm-hmm. just kind of run around the world? Like, who is there a central villain? Like. We got a little. We kind of know he's an origin origin story. You know, he got beat down. He's literally a ghost because they thought he died. Right. Um, we know there's stealth elements. We've seen him zip around and, and finish. We know that about that blood tech. 
with so so many shots of him with the horse, but we never see him like get anywhere. You know, like we never right. see like, like what ride, get off somewhere, walk in somewhere. Yeah, it's like we we mm-hmm. yeah. Seems what, what are settlements stuff. like? What is? Can I play this game entirely Japanese? I hope so. Yeah, I think yeah. you can. I, I would yeah, be pretty sure you can. can. That'd be dope. Um, I think I asked. Him. You're right. Yeah. We we have seen we have seen a lot, kind of. Um, but I also I also feel like the way that this game pre- is presenting itself is really interesting. Where I feel like it's presenting itself in such a way where it's like, you will care. Like you may you may not care yet, but based on the way that Sony has been marketing and releasing very specific types of games and based on how they've been presenting Ghost of Tsushima, it's almost like they're making this bet where it's like, this will be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That's they're treating this very different compared yeah. to Days Gone. Yeah. Like, think of how oh they rolled God, that game yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Pretty different. You could you could tell right away that Days Gone was not going to be a Last of Us Are you or, saying or that a Spider-Man. Because they're, they're presenting Ghost of Tsushima with this level of confidence? Yes. Yeah, I agree. But mm, I do think with Ghost of Tsushima being a new thing, um, and this has kind of been disproven this year with this year's Game Awards, but uh, I, I do think with all of the things that are coming out, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, like Cyberpunk 2077, like Half-Life Alex, like Resident Evil 3 Remake, that... Do do you think it will like? Is it going to be a game that's going to be like, oh my god, this is the best game of the year, or is it going to be like, it was a good game in a year with really good games? I think it'll be one of the best games when I think about it, because I think about Sucker Punch. I think they're extremely talented. Yes, they've been working on this game a long time too, and what I've seen of it, everything looks great. Everything looks great. If it's like an open world game where you're exploring this island in Japan, that's awesome. Like I don't know if you're going to be in quests, but everything they've shown, like even I think it was last E3, they showed like him breaking into that building, like, still killing people, and, like, the fight with the other woman. Right. Like, all that stuff is really awesome. But then we saw him, like, on the roof doing, like, ninja stuff. I was like, yeah, baby, yeah. this is great. This is great. I just want to know what leads up to that. You know, is was there, like, multiple steps that eventually brought me to this point, or did I just well, I think stumble the whole, across it? The whole, like, oh, you mean, like, story-wise? Yeah. So, like, I believe it's the island getting invaded by, I think it's Mongolian, like, Mongolians or something like yeah. that. Like, Getting invaded, like everyone's getting wiped out pretty yeah. much on this island. And, like, yeah, like you said, he survives it. Yeah. Becomes this, like, supernatural. Because that, yeah, that revenge story is yeah. delicious. It's going to be, But it's yeah. not, they, they just haven't really, so, I'm not really able to sink my teeth into it yet. And, and so, one interesting thing is that when they first saw the gameplay, he was more of a samurai kind of. But yeah. now when we're seeing him again, like, later on, he's, like, a ninja. Like, yeah. how he's playing. So I don't know if you're going to bounce between these two different types of, like, personas or something like that. One one thing that I'm always a sucker for, and I immediately think of Final Fantasy IV with Cecil, and I guess I don't want to spoil this if you haven't seen it. Oh, but, his evolution? Well, yeah, just, just I love, I don't feel I could do this enough, is uh, just taking a character that is trained in one discipline and then for very compelling reasons... Learns a different... Completely changes yeah. that discipline. I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I, I love that idea, and I think there's so it's much just that you can do with exploring it. Exploring this island is going to... It's going to look crazy good. It's like Sony First Party. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. It's going to look nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to see Sucker Punch, you know, kind of like bookend the gen, mm-hmm. you know, like starting it out with Infamous Second Son. Yeah, they're like pretty... The first games we ever played in the PS4, and then... Coming back and, now. Yeah, one of the could be the last first party game on it's PS4. It's like poetry; it rhymes. It yeah, is. it does. But it, it it does. I mean, it does rhyme in the sense of like you know, like Sony investing in Insomniac. Spider-Man was amazing. Sony investing in you know Naughty Dog, and like man, they they've they've done very little wrong on that console. 
And then here's Sucker Punch just waiting, waiting for their turn. It's like the talent show, you know. It's like, and now Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. all like, finally, you know. Um, and so it just, I think I, th- I have good, good vibes about it. And that's boy, this is just our game, you mm-hmm. know. Like we talk about Tenchu all mm-hmm. the time, yeah. You know, so I've been, I've been waiting for something like this. And I, th- I think it's when we talk about Game of the Year, I think it's gonna be one of those things where it's got its ups and downs, but like the quality level is just mm-hmm. there. It doesn't sing maybe like some of the other crazy things, or maybe it doesn't have the yeah. depth of something like a cyberpunk, but like, oof, yeah, wow, well, it's just a. That was just a, a, a crisp, stellar game. I, I love doing these things because there's there's always at least one that I am completely wrong about. Like Oh, it's that's why we gotta mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Come uh, on. Because uh, like Horizon Zero Dawn, I was just like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Loved that game. Yeah. Jedi Fallen Honor is like, nah, nah, nah. It has rebirthed my Star Wars fandom. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen, and that's what's fun. Are we ready for some emails? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to close this podcast out. I even had good feel- vibes about Zero Dawn, but I couldn't defend him because I don't know. It's looks sure. open world and yeah. stuff. So and you're like, oh, it's Gorilla? Yeah. Like, they, Killzone's good, but... Don't, I, I never played any Killzone oh. games, so... Okay. Uh, we're going to start with a, a, a jovial first email here. Best Christmas gaming memories. This is actually something we did a video on, but I thought we would revisit it. Greetings from Kansas City. With Christmas only days away, I wanted to ask the panel about your favorite Christmas gaming memories. For me, the highlights include getting the N64 with Super Mario 64 on Christmas and having my mind blown by just how good it looked. I also have some very fond memories of getting the GameCube on Christmas, despite being let down at the time that it wasn't a PS2. The GameCube turned out to be an amazing console for my brother and I. There's also a great home video of my brother and I losing our minds when we got the original Smash Bros. on N64 while my two sisters looked at us like we were crazy. Good times. What are your favorite Christmas gaming memories? We just did this, actually, didn't we? We did it on the, we did it on the podcast. I got another one. I'll we just okay. did it on the podcast? It was like uh, the same it's thing. It's all tell a different story. Oh, no. And it's not like favorite. It got me again. But it does crack me yeah. up. It does crack me up when I think about this. So I sure. got a I got a gift one time from my aunt and uncle, and and apologies if you've heard this before, but uh, and it I could tell it was an NES game. I knew it. I like they wrapped it perfectly around that box, and mm-hmm. I was like, I know that box. And this is the only time I've ever done this. I promise, it's the only time I ever peaked. And it was like the couple days before I Christmas. A lot as a kid, and I peaked because they wrapped. I, I knew the title of the game was on the side, so I knew all I got to do is just that one piece of tape and oh, just yeah. fold it up oh, yeah. and then peek in and I can see what it is and then I'll Very close it. Very similar strat. Because I just want to know, you know? I just want to know what I'm going to be playing. Mm-hmm. I want to prep myself for what it's going to be and I was like, all right, here we go. Open it up and it's Faxonadu. It's like, what the hell's that? <laughs> and I just closed it up and I was like, what the hell's Faxonadu? And it was t- turned out to be a fun yeah. action yeah, RPG. Yeah, I feel like that game, I haven't it's played It's a side-scrolling action I, RPG. I it's uh, pretty fun. Yeah, but it was, it was before the internet, so it wasn't like I like, bring right. up my yeah, smartphone. Like, what is like, this? Like, I, do. I, just, I went to bed last night being like, well, I enjoyed it, but it was just neat. And, and that was, there was a kind of a pleasure to that. Like, I, I buy all of my own games. Now. Even, like, when it's Christmas or birthday, like, I don't have people buying me games because they're like, why would I do that? Maybe I'll get a gift card or something. But they're yeah. like, I'm not going to buy you something because I don't know what you have. I don't want to, even if they ask Amanda, does he have this? Man's like, I don't know. Um, and so it was it was kind of a, a, a treasured period of just somebody to be like, play that. And you're like, oh, oh okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's try it. Um, so I've, I've told the PS2 story before, but, uh, kind of along the same lines, Brandon, that is actually something that I really miss and I didn't think about at the time is like, you'd be around other kids and like, you would get different games and you'd be excited to talk about them and be like, oh, you got this. That's so awesome. And now sometimes when it's like, I get a game at Christmas, it's just like, 
you you can't you're an adult now like you can't you can't do it in the same way and they're like especially <laughs> with Abby's family it's like oh what'd you get this thing and you say it you know you, you're nice about it you talk about it but they just have like no, no idea, idea. Yeah. what it is and you're just like yeah this is the end of that conversation yep yeah so it's a little awkward but uh i i miss those excited childlike yeah. things you got anything brian i know you yeah just did so i did super nintendo on the podcast and like a lot of my systems i was so young i can't remember that well like i got the nes really young and i got sure. the genesis pretty young uh, I didn't get this on Christmas because it, we couldn't find it like, at the time. But we got it like right after Christmas was the N64. Yeah. I remember going to Toys R Us, man. Like I had this like little back area where they had all the games and everything like that. And going up there, getting the console and asking what games they had. Mm-hmm. Didn't have Mario. Oh. And my dad's like, I was like, oh, no, Mario. You only had like five but, things to pick from. But we got Shadows the Empire 2, oh, which is nice. great. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. Star was great. But I was like, oh, no, Mario sucks, though. My dad's like, well, let's try another store, man. Went to this store, I believe it's called Fedco. Fedco? Yeah. They're not, it was like a department store kind of thing. They don't really have them anymore. I think you needed like a card, like a Sam's Club thing almost huh. to go there. Got Mario there, baby. Nice. nice. I was like, no, yeah! No one's looking for Mario at Fedco. Feels good. Went home, got it. My brother played it first. And he played Mario for like an hour, and then he like never played video games like again. <laughs> so that was it. That was he it. He peaked. That was it. My brother was out, man. Yeah, but then you inherited. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, all yeah, cool yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel, man, I'm so bummed because, um, like, I'm familiar with Shadows of the Empire, and I know friends that had it, and like, I, I like played it at their house or whatever. But I never really had the Shadows of the Empire experience. <sighs> I feel like. That is a game that everybody like talks to him now. They're so nostalgic for. It was the f- I just didn't, first. Like, I had man. it in '64. Three sixty three. I love three D Star Wars games I played. It's it's a very varied Star Wars experience. Yeah, a lot it going on. Yeah, two, two really fun flying levels. Uh, third person or first person, you know, like platforming, action, cool yeah. abilities, like yeah. cool items, some fun little uh, lore bits because it you know takes mm-hmm. place in between Hoth and Return of the Jedi. So like, um, or Hoth uh, Empire. Um, and uh, yeah, Dash. I mean, everybody's like, ah, oh, it's the second level. I love all. There's a, I think maybe my my favorite level besides the second level is just like a um, a jetpack thing where you yeah, have like dude. you have a jetpack. And there's both, and I you think. like and you like yeah, both. It's at the end of the level, and you go like down a canyon, and so you're like, yeah, and you have to like sick. mod how much you're using the fuel because you land and then you recharge the fuel and then you gotta take off again, dude. Even the train and then, level, like, dudes are shooting at you from the distance, but you're on the jetpack, so you gotta dodge. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Fun. Don't do like you, the sewer level though. Do you think I could appreciate like the what sewer level? You it's remember? creepy though, man. Yeah, the I know it's under the water. Freaks me out. I don't like it. Do you think I could appreciate Shadows of the Empire now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some, okay. That's some, encouraging. That's yeah. encouraging. Our next email comes in from Greg. Hey, allies. Platinum Games is a developer that I personally have loved since their creation, but after seeing the latest trailer for Babylon's Fall, it really didn't land for me. Mm. When I started to figure out exactly why that was, I feel like it boiled down to Platinum Games getting too stale in one note. While each game lately isn't the exact same, the art style levels, gameplay action, cameras across their games over the last several years are all blending together and getting a very same feel. What happened to games like Vanquish or Wonderful 101 or Infinite Space? They started with that creative energy in a lot of IPs and genres, and it's now funneled down into a sliding scale of do the Bayonetta thing, again, for their own works and their contract work, Transformers, Turtles, etc. Is Platinum getting too close to wearing out the Platinum game formula? Uh, this is Square Enix too, right? I think this is Square and Platinum. 
this game, Babylon's, Babylon's Fall. Fall. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So I, I'm hoping it'll have it. some other element to it, kind of like Nier, how Nier has sure. like combat that feels like platinum combat to an extent, but it also has so much more to it. Sure. I'm hoping really Babylon's Fall kind of has like a hook like that besides the combat. But like at first glance, you were, we were like, "Yeah, that's a platinum ass looking platinum game." <laughs> well, so I I totally get where Greg is coming from, mm -hmm. and I think it's a fair observation. I sure. really do, as somebody who really goes to bat for platinum. Um, but here's why I think this is happening. I think I think those kind of outlandish creative things are much harder to do than the thing that is your wheelhouse, right? And so I think that thing was scale bound. I think this this thing that would have fit alongside those more creative, not saying that these things are creative, but what you're trying to refer to, I think that was Scalebound, and Scalebound didn't work out, and mm -hmm. so there is this void, there is this hole, um, and of course, people love that platinum-ass platinum game, and so I think they are going to do variations of that, and I think they're going to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. and I think to their benefit, there aren't really that many games that can do it the way they can, um, and so it hasn't gotten too stale for me, but I get where you're coming from. I think Scalebound didn't work out. That's why you feel this way. But I think the, I think that creativity is still there at Platinum. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't write them off yet. I no, think it's not coming. Yet. I think it's just it takes a lot of time and energy and failure to uh, work out. I feel like all of like a lot of their other games are aren't necessarily at, like the action type of game don't do as well. Yeah, so I think that's true as well. like the action games seem to do well for them. So. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they're cooking up other ideas, but they just keep they do a lot of these because it works. They do really good at it. Yeah, and I, I do want to give uh, a shout out to Astral Chain. Like I, I have problems with Astral Chain, but but the combat you love, right? The combat I love, but that game tries things. takes the platinum formula and really does get creative with it in a lot of ways. I don't always think it works out, mm -hmm. but the the structure of the game, how it's presented, how the characters interact, like there there is a lot in it that doesn't just result in Bayonetta again. Like, mm -hmm. it's much, much, much different for sure. than that. Uh, for sure. And I think Astral Chain's really... I'm glad that Astral Chain exists. Um, but yeah, I thought this was an interesting email. Sure, yeah. And it was the kind of email where I was like, ah, I get, I get yeah. where you're coming from. I could from, see Greg. that. I feel like we've like barely seen anything in this game so far. So I'm right. hoping there's more to it, you know? Right. But Easy thing yeah. for me to say on the outside looking in because I don't spend right. a lot of time with, with this developer, and so it's just like, oh, okay, I yeah. get kind of, mm -hmm. I, you know, if, they, if the name didn't pop up, I'd like lean into you, Ben, and be like, did Platinum do this? Right, right. <laughs> uh, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Like Ian is like, I just don't like he just kind of lumps Platinum games together, and I, I get it. And so I hope that maybe they're able to break out and show people the way mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, with with some other projects. We'll see. Um, last email really like this email a lot it comes in from Morgan uh, deleted scenes from the office and the need for more significant extras hello Ben and allies recently on YouTube I found a channel that contains deleted scenes from the office uh, with each episode's deleted scenes lasting between 5 to 20 minutes it really is like getting a new episode of a classic show that I love I sincerely think streaming services should have an option for extended episodes that contain this meaningful content and I would love to pay for it this got me thinking about that games could do the same thing. I recall that Brad streamed Bloodborne's cut content and thought to myself, I would gladly pay for some polished up cut content. Does the panel think this is an idea worth implementing following a game's success? Something to include as an extra with the game, something that should would never should never see the light of day, respectfully. I feel like a lot of post-game DLC might be cut content. Because I always just sure. think back to Artorias of the Abyss. 
and how like all that was like cut content. They wanted to have like Ulusil in there. Right. It's like we can't finish this right now. We'll do it later. So it's like I don't know how many games have that where they're like we had this right. idea but we weren't able to finish it. So let's throw it on because pretty sure almost every game has cut content. Right. And I, I do like I really super appreciate where Morgan is coming from because I love where his where the head is at here and I I want that but with a TV show or a movie it's just like and this is oversimplifying it but it's just like this is a story that you can just see with a game it's like okay is it broken how do the mechanics work like mm-hmm. there are, like how when you interact with it, like I feel like there are just so many more variables to consider yeah. that it's hard to just like give it to you mm-hmm. um, but something that Valve has done is included commentary into yeah. the games. The and portal I, I, commentary is fantastic. Yeah, like, that's super cool. Why doesn't this happen more? I just want to hear people talk about the yeah, things that's, they Yeah, that's made. really awesome. Put it in the game. Put, Put it in the game. game. Put it in the game. Portal's fun because it's like a, a physical object in the world. So mm-hmm. you, you go up to it and click it, and then they start talking. So that would be neat. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be so much fun to play God War, and you just, just go over, and there's like a little Corey's face. And right. Boop, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, and obviously so all this, this stuff is like harder to do than probably make it seem but uh yeah why not do that um also like or for reach you know yeah that's re-released you know it's like have a have a have a track that'll just cue when you go through certain hallways and it'll they'll start talking about it um something that i'm really loving about like just diving into star wars and learning more about its creation is just like the way, like, looking at some of those original concepts for, like, Vader and Luke and Leia, it's like, whoa, that's way different yeah. than what they ended up being. I love that, just seeing the iteration of ideas and being like, well, this guy was completely different, or we had to move this character, and we thought they were going to be huge, and then they ended up being minor. I love seeing the transformation mm-hmm. of that stuff in any way. And again, it could just be people talking about it and showing concept art or whatever, um, but I think that could be really cool. I, I do agree. I A lot of times I play a game and you'll like look it up on Wikipedia and you'll see like the director and the producer and the composer, but there's a whole team of people working on it and it, sometimes it's really hard to get a sense of like, how did you guys come together to make this thing work? And I do wish there was more of that. In the yeah, issue. I wish more games came with like making of documentaries or something like that. Yeah. Those are great. That's like the best part of any wiki page. It's just like right at the bottom. Yep. And they're like, so here's this weird story, mm-hmm. and this was on hold for a certain amount of time, and finally happened. We got a lot of Star Wars snuck into this. Yeah. yeah. We got Galaxy of Heroes in this pew, episode. Pew, pew. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it'll be back. <laughs> You're five. In four years. When they add the Mandalorian, I'll come back with an update. Mando. I'm having a good time with it, Brandon. Surprise! Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm again, playing it I, super casually, but I hope you keep. I hope you manage to keep that up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is why like, you haven't unlocked allies yet, right? That we can't. Well, I'm, I'm like you unlock allies at like level 18. I'm like level 16 or okay. something. So the moment oh, you do that, then you can use my characters yeah, for Chris stuff. Yeah, so like, I want OP. I want to. I want to just put you in a wheelbarrow and just we just put you know <laughs> oh guide you through that game. That <laughs> sounds awesome and kind of terrible. Like the way that I'm playing it is like. Oh, I'm in line or waiting for something. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not like yeah. actively sitting down and right. uh, putting a lot you. of focus into it. But yeah, fun episode. Thank you so much, Brandon and Brad. Yeah. Brad doing double duty on Frame Trap. Yeah, man. Uh, we are we are down on people, so it was so nice of you to like. Holidays, I was like baby. desperately yeah. reaching for people to come into Frame Trap. So thank you both uh, for agreeing to do this. 
If you want to learn more about us, please go to patreon.com slash easyallies where you can choose to support us and keep this thing going. You can also learn more about all of the great things that we're doing, like new shows, like Huber's Prison of Love. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Shout out to that, where he locks somebody in and they play a game and they love it. Uh, yeah, if you want to send an email address, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, I said that very fast. It is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time.